Welcome listeners to episode 24 of the Running Guy podcast, where I aim to provide informative content and interviews with elite athletes from around the world, like in today's episode when I'm chatting to a Sydney fella who had some incredibly successful years as a runner over numerous distances competing at World Cross, Com Games and Olympics, and holds the fastest Australian marathon debut time of 2.11.00, whose focus still remains on weekly training volume intensity, but on two wheels instead. Welcome to the Running Guy podcast, Jeff Hunt. How Thank you, going, you. Mate? Good to be here. I'm going all right. Fantastic, fantastic, mate. Are you guys getting Arctic conditions up there today like we are in Canberra? Uh, well, I don't know if it's like what you're getting in Canberra, but uh, it's been pretty chilly and a little bit windy. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit havoc. This I found this time of year is that it's sort of it's deceptive. The sun can be warm, but you get in the shade and the wind and the breeze and it can be cold. But... Uh, we're not as close to getting potential snow as like what you guys might. I heard there was a report that there might be snow above 500 meter, 500 meter uh, elevation, which puts Canberra right in the, the ballpark for potentially getting snow. Yeah, no, we, we did get a drop. Um, I was just looking on, on Strava there before and a few people have been taking a photo. So, yeah, yeah, there was a good drop. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we do sit at 565. Um, so, yeah, we're certainly in that in that zone there. But um, so you what out Saturday morning bunch ride this morning? Is that the usual? Yep, yep. Saturday morning bunch ride. Uh, we just did a cruisy little bit round. Uh, you know, did a couple of hours around the national parks. Great, good, good bit of hills in there. Um, you know, temperature when you drop down into into the park at, at waterfall there, it does tend to drop a couple of degrees. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not it's not not too bad. You're a little bit exposed at the top with the wind and stuff. But yeah, um, bunchy out this morning. Nothing too flash. Mm. Pretty stock standard. Mm. What seventy eighty k something like that. Uh, today, I think I did around, uh, yeah, around 60 to 70. I'd normally go up to about 100. So I try to do it by time base because if yep. you do a lot of climbing, you tend to not do many, uh, many Ks. And so I try to do around three to four hours on a, on a Saturday. But today, because I'm recovering from a week, uh, race I did actually up at Gunning, uh, last Sunday, okay. um, it was, um, I, in a bit of recovery week, so I didn't push it out too far um uh this week and and just take it easy yeah yeah okay yeah and you destroy the cafes at the end like we used to do or <laughs> yeah. yeah i saw a funny a funny little uh i saw a funny little uh vid on uh facebook uh the other week that was talking about when you become a cyclist and um, like uh, about how much more coffee you drink and it's like there's one before the before you start your ride yep. then you go to meet people at the start of the ride and you have a coffee and then you have a mid-ride coffee then you have a post-ride coffee yeah. i'm like well i was doing that already yeah. I was already drinking, yeah, plenty. So yeah, yeah, you smash up the cafes. You got to be careful though on the bike. It's uh, not as you know, I struck a chord with a few cyclists. Not as demanding in general, unless you're sort of really concentrating. And so you know, you hit the pastries. You you you, you might find yourself uh, getting a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, as opposed to if you're hitting the pastries while you're you're running. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Well, I actually grew up uh, um up at Avalon there, the northern beaches, and I, I was a cyclist for ten years before I went went uh, into running and uh yeah so i know the scene a lot of years uh, riding around the uh the Kringle national park up around Coonabay, bob and head you guys ever head up that way or 
Yeah, so I went up there and I raced West Head the other week, and okay. I've been mainly yep. up there for a couple of mates who live over there. Yeah. Um, and he took me around. So after the race that we did, um, took me around uh, Akuna. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was quite nice. It's you know sort of right up my alley. So, um, until you know we sort of had a few more little restrictions come in here with um our, our, our friendly um COVID uh, sufferers. Yeah, yeah. Um, that um I haven't ventured back up, but I'm planning to go up there probably every couple of weeks and race. You know, ride around gorges and things mm. like that and mm. like, uh, um yeah just get round basically it's um that's one of the things i found with riding is it because you can cover so much more um distance while you're riding um and it, does, it doesn't kill you as much as if you were to try to cover the same distance running yeah um that yeah you can um you can really see around uh different areas um and it's much better to see it while you're on the bike rather than um running uh driving yeah uh, yeah yeah, it was a popular ride we used to do um, through that area, then Bob and Head, then the old Pacific Highway um, up to Patonga, and then get their ferry back to Palm Beach. That used to be a really good ride. And uh, I think I've seen a couple of people do that. Yeah, actually. the old highway's closed. Well, I'm talking a long time ago, but I assume oh, okay. it still is. It was closed to traffic, so you're basically riding through all these up and down hills, uh, through all these parks, and yeah, there's no one else on the road, so it was yeah, it was fantastic, yeah. Makes it makes it makes it a little bit safer too. Yeah, it was. It was. The crazy crazies getting out there that don't like people being on bikes, but yeah. it is what it is. I tell you what, the scariest thing, uh, the guys on motorbikes. So they again knew that <laughs> the road was closed, and they just pushed their bikes through the big boulders they have there. And um, you hear them coming, and you know that they they're thinking, "I'm not expecting a bike to be on this corner." So you'd hear it coming, and thinking, "I don't know where to go on this road because this guy's going to be coming around the corner, probably doing 140." So that was the only scary thing, um, going up some of those climbs through Mount White, and you hear a bike coming, thinking, "I hope this guy's on the ball." That's, uh, yeah, 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 because yeah, they 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 pick they pick the lines. They do as well. They do and, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's um. No, we get we get a few of them through the national park here. Yeah. Um, down down here. Yeah. Um, they're generally, I, I've only had a few bad experiences, and yeah. and it hasn't been too bad. So yeah, um, most people are, are aware. Yeah. most of the time. All right, mate. This is a running guy podcast. We better talk about running. Let's yep. uh, <laughs> let's let's uh. PBs. Let's start with fifteen hundred meters. Um, a three forty seven up in Sydney in two thousand and nine. Yeah, so that one, a um, little bit of a surprise actually, how that mm. panned out. Um, you know, obviously, you know, if you if people look over my career, I'm not exactly a um, uh, a track specialist, especially down at fifteen hundred. Mm, that is um, fast though. I was actually comparing to some of the other guys who may have had a little bit more leg speed on the longer ones, but three forty seven was actually quite quick compared to those guys. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, like. We used to always do um, sessions like, you know, the 10, 10 by 400 um, uh, off a minute recovery. And I always used to try to do, you know, 10 by a minute off a minute. And um, funnily enough, I tried for many years to do the fast speed work to run a fast 1500. I just could never crack it. And then just in the lead up to this one was pretty much, I, would, I don't think, I think I did one, maybe two sessions in the couple of months prior to it um that was less than 800 meters long uh each rep and um yeah it just came together on the day i raced hard i actually that that day i think i out dipped um brett robinson in that um that was probably the first and last time i uh, raced him and beat him but um yeah i i threw myself in the mix i think it was the state champs from memory and um really just what happened was because of, I think, Philo Saunders was running. Um, 
training partners at the time were running Jeremy Roth and um, Brad Woods. Which and, track was it we, on? Uh, the main track at Homebush. Okay, the, yeah. The big one. So, uh, and I think also Yusuf Abdi was in there. And it was a, it was a state champs and it, I was just racing it. I'm a racer. I'm not a very good time trialer. Mm. And just because I position myself well, Philo likes to run hard up front. He just ticked it off. 60 seconds a lap seemed to be the standard that we do most of our races and um, rolled through, positioned myself well, kicked when I tried to kick, um, you know, and stay in the race to try to kick into the medals um, and basically just held on for grim death. My last lap, I, now I can't remember it exactly, but I know that when I kicked, I kicked hard and I did a really good 300. And the home straight was just terrible. Um, I was tying up severely, um, but managed to hold on. Like I think if I'd held the pace I'd held to 100 to go, it was like a, a, a 344 or something like that. But then I just blew the legs flew out but yeah held on and um yeah pleasantly surprised and then never went anywhere near that again i don't even know if i raced another 1500 after that yeah okay. but um yeah pleasantly surprised and very happy to to run a decent timing and, and, and crash under uh 350 yeah yeah no fantastic all right 3000 meters 80194 <laughs> uh in sydney again in 07 yep. so a couple of years earlier than that yeah um that was a good one. Um, you know, we set out the goal, you know, every time we sort of stepped out to some of those races, it was about run under eight, you know, that was the, the, the benchmark. Obviously I missed it. Um, but when we ran that, um, there was a, there was a young kid in that race that some people, you might've heard of him called Ryan Gregson. (laughs) And, um, he, uh, I think he got me on. Uh, he ended up getting me on the line, but um, yeah, but like that just that just played. I think we started to find with that race was that the the pace it was it was definitely more suited to me than than uh, the fifteen hundred sixty second laps was a little bit stretched. Um, the sixty fours, sixty threes seemed to sit a lot better with me. Um, now, being how long long ago it was and uh, how my memory is, um, I think. Um, Basically, we had a we had a pacer. One of our training partners took us pretty steady through it, um, and I just remember feeling really good um, all throughout. Um, the biggest thing that I found, um, which pretty much uh, highlighted the type of athlete I was, was that I could just grind away at the pace, you know, 63, 64 second laps, um, and just keep going. Um, what I couldn't do was then up it again to like a sub sixty. Um, yeah. And at the end, um, you know, I, I got out kicked by someone who went on to actually be a very good 1500, very good 3K runner. Um, but yeah, 80197, it was it was pretty good. It was a it was a decent chunk of a PB. Um, would I, I? I really would have liked to have got that seven at the start, mm. but uh, you know, it wasn't to be. I sort of had a bit of, um, like I said. I raced better and because it was set up more of a time trial, it kind of made it, uh, took me a little bit out of my league, you know, and um, so I just kind of held on for as long as I could and, yeah, um, it, it's, a, it's a little bit that I didn't didn't get the sub eight, but it is what it is. I'm, I'm happy it's a pretty respectable time, so, uh, 801. Yep, and uh, you did get the uh, sub 14 for the five, so you ran thirteen fifty seven even there uh, in Hobart two thousand thirteen. Yeah, that was a um, 
that was strange. Um, that 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 race is always a good race. Like they managed to like um, I think it's a it was a Graham Briggs and. Um, Collis had always ran there and always ran quick, and so it was weird because it would just be that course and just uh, that area would just be windy like all day and the whole time you're down there, and then that race would start and it'd just drop away. Mm. Um, now, the funny part about that race is from memory, I think it was at the end of February. And I think it was six weeks before or six or seven weeks before I did Boston Marathon. So I wasn't even training for a 5K. Um, I was training for a marathon. And I, I came out and, again, it, you know, it played to my strengths again. I, I just hit like 67 seconds a lap. I think I just tried to just, you know, just be a metronome, just run it. Um, sort of we found a couple of couple of people that I was running with and we just kept a steady pace. Um, and James Nipperus, who was my training partner at the time was, um, was running with me and we just basically just kept ticking them off, ticking them off. Um, I, you know, I was on the limit because I hadn't done the fast work. I'd done a lot of stuff that was more targeted at trying to run your yeah, 305, 306 per K pace, not 240 sevens or whatever um but yeah it, it it kind of just the strength that i had in my legs uh from doing all the marathon training uh had managed to get me to propel myself along um at a steady pace and i must admit i did go i did go for a kick in the last lap i may have picked up maybe a tenth of a second on the average um and yeah uh got done by nipper I, I have a tendency to get done by the younger guys um and he got yeah he got me i think down the home straight uh from memory just came launching past me so uh nipper has had a faster pb and uh a little bit dark on the day but you know it was it was good and it just went on that day i went you know what of marathon training i'll just run a 5k pb mm. I reckon I'm in good nick for this marathon coming up. So yeah, so looked at the positive of it. You know, I yeah. got my, I got my th- a thirteen. I got you know I, I, I'm in, I'm I'm a thirteen minute runner. That's you know, it. if you're a, if you're a Kenyan, you're a thirteen minute runner. Exactly. See? It's just a thirteen. Yeah. And um, yeah, so um, yeah, so I'm pretty happy. And um, yeah, definitely, I definitely never went anywhere near that again. Yeah, it's certainly not uncommon, and um, I'll I'll go into this category as well. That a lot of guys will actually run PBs for five and ten in their marathon um, time. You know what I mean? Uh, so, and and like you said, you know, I think it's just that strength you get from um, from the marathon training. And even though you're not doing, you know, your, your standard, you know, short intervals, um, it goes to show that strength goes a long way in those fives and tens because. Yeah, like I said, a lot of guys do PB for those short distances, such as yourself, during a marathon program. Yeah, it's it, it's funny. You you got to try it. Like, and that's the thing. It's so much experimentation. It doesn't matter what the books say. Mm. You got to find that happens with the athlete. And I and for me, I was doing lots of speed work to try and for when I was training for steeplechase to try and get faster at steeple at fifteen and you know fifteen and five and three k steeple. Um, and we just found I just I was getting slower mm. and we couldn't figure it out. So then we just flipped it and then started doing longer, harder, harder stuff like 
uh, more targeted to the distance work. And then all of a sudden I'm getting faster at the shorter stuff. And yeah, it just it kind of, it, it, it messes with your brain a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but then when you step, you actually see, oh, okay, it's the strength. And mm. yeah, and, and that's what worked for me. Mm. Um, doesn't work for everyone. Yeah, I, I think um, maybe some guys just have a lot of good speed in their legs and they're able to always be able to pull their hair out of the bag, even though they're not doing the intervals. And then when you actually have all that strength and, you know, that big aerobic engine from the longer stuff, you put the two together. And I think that's why you can generally still run quick on the short ones, whereas other guys, to have speed, they've always got to be working at it and training on it. But, yeah, and then and then there's the then there's a difference in terms of there's there's speed where um you know you can go fast and then there's that explosive speed where you know you've got the guys that can just kick like yeah. there's no kick like they're you know they're, they're they're running for their life and um yeah whereas for me when I was I could I could progressively get quicker so I I do the old not to his level um but I do the old El Garouz trick you get progressively quicker. So over three laps to go, it's like, I think I tried to, I tried to do it to Nippa one time in a 5k. Um, And uh, that was the first inkling. That was when the first one, I think he beat me is I think I went 66, 64, uh, 64, 62. And then I slowed down like to like a 63, but I tried to hit, hit, hit nice fast laps. And then he went 60 on the last lap. Yeah. So, but he went at he went at two hundred and just dropped me, and yeah. I was just like, okay, I can't do anything. So some people had that yep. quick turn of pace, mm. um, to do, whereas I just try to run. I try to run that out of your legs. <laughs> yeah, yep, for sure. All right, ten thousand meters, uh, Zadapec, two thousand nine, yeah. twenty eight nineteen thirty nine. Yeah, that was a good race. That yep. was that was really good. I was really happy with that. Um, that. Ironically, at that point in time, my 5K PB was still 1404, um, and that was um, that was from a yeah, just ES marks, just an interclub meet. When I ran that one, um, you know, I I just settled in. Um, I sort of I just raced. I didn't I didn't really go. I want to run. I didn't go, I want to run 28, 20, you know, or 28, you know, like I, I wanted to just run fast right? mm. and, and, and because it was the, it was the trial and it was the, um, you know, the, the nationals, um, and it's, it's at a pick. Um, I, I, I definitely set myself, I wanted to run sub 29. I had to run to sub 29. Um, but yeah, I just sort of, I took off and I reckon, I think I was, I think I was midfield uh, early on. Um, I didn't really – I was a really lazy person getting off the line. Again, no explosive speed. I can't get quick off the mark. So I'd, I'd sort of just settle in. And all I did was I just sort of, you know, I keep my eye up the line and I just steadily move up, move up, move up, you know. Um, and I ended up uh, – by halfway, the the group had shrunk down a fair chunk. I couldn't tell you how many people were in, but I went through in fourteen sixteen, mm-hmm. and I, I was watching the case splits, and I was just like, "Wow, okay, this is you know this is going all right." Um, and then it kept going along, and I think we got to. I knew I was on for something special by about seven k because I was feeling really good, and. 
um, we're probably down to about maybe five or five of us, I think, maybe six. Can't be sure. But I do distinctly remember hitting 9K and seeing um, 25.30. And I remember going. And I, I knew we'd gone, been going pretty quick. And I went, oh, I've only got to run. Even if I blow up and run a three-minute K, yeah. I'm still running 28.30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just... I was just like I couldn't I couldn't believe it, and um, we ran the home straight, and we you know like we'd been kind of steadily running you know like consistent laps you know the sixty eight second laps and um, how many guys were with you at, with the K to go like with the K to go there was five of us yeah, so okay. the five of us were Collis Birmingham Benson Lawrence. Marty Dent, I think Michael Shelley. I think Michael Shelley was there. Yeah, because Michael Shelley was doing most of the work, I think, from memory, mm. um, and, my, and myself. Mm. And we hit 900 to go, maybe 850 to go, and then Collis took off. Um, he, he launched. Benny went with him. Um, then <laughs> the three marathon boys, um, you know, the guys getting ready for it, um, then tried to go as well. And um, Michael got the jump. I remember um, I sort of I pulled away a bit from Marty, um, and I was sort of stuck between yeah stuck in that fourth place. And I just remember I'm swinging my arms, I'm pumping my legs, I'm I'm putting it all out there trying to run a hard two last laps. Anyway. I crossed the finish line and, and you know, I've come in fourth place. Uh, I knew I was about, about 28-20, um, fourth, cross, fourth across the line, I think, yeah. And, um, you know, obviously tired and, um, you know, but happy. Mm. Uh, I only went and looked back at the at the, at the, result, <laughs> the, 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 the video after because I could see it and I found out that, all that arm swinging, all that leg pumping, literally pulled. I, I, I think I went from a 68 second lap to a 60 second, seven second lap. Like I put so much more effort in and barely went any faster. <laughs> so I'd been on the limit. Um, but yeah, I was just, it was, it was just, I couldn't believe it. And the funniest part about um, that race was for a couple of years prior, I'd been talking to Ken Green, who was my coach at the time, and going, he wanted me to do a marathon. I said, I'll do a half marathon when, uh, uh, yeah, sorry. It was like uh, working backwards. I'll do a marathon once I've done a half marathon in, I think I said 63. Mm. I think that was what it was. But I don't want to do a half marathon until I've done a 10K in 28, Mm. right? So we kept putting it off. We kept putting it off, mainly me. And then... I just went, you know, after I got cornered by um, him and uh, Ken and Moner at, at – uh, we had a chat, you know, not necessarily cornered like an intervention kind of deal, but they kind of talked to me about you should do – like early 2009, you should do a marathon, prepare a year out. And so what happened was I said, okay, yep, I've missed it so many times. Like I've, I've, I just kept running 29 mid for 10K, sure. Let's do it. Let's do the training. You know, I came out in the, and did, which you'll bring up soon, and ran my first half marathon um, and ran 60, 
244 and then so i was like oh okay that was what i said i'd do a marathon if i run that and then i've come out now and then i've done a 10k and ran 28 which so i kind of got them in backwards order but hey i got there so it was quite funny to say maybe if i'd started training for the marathon earlier maybe i would have ran these times earlier. yeah so yeah hindsight is definitely 2020 sure sure did Collis get the chocolates that night he did, did- uh 28 okay. uh, benny wasn't far behind him mm. so yeah um and then we you know what you know they 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 they're both national record holders with a 10 so yeah and they've had, both had pretty good careers mm, definitely for sure mate before we hit the road i'll, I'll cover you steeplechase uh 2000 meters um 559 56 so nice sub 60 in sydney in 2005 yeah, I couldn't. Uh, that must have been just an interclub race. Yeah, it was. I'd always chased it, trying to get that sub, that sub six. Yep. Um, it's, it's a, it's an interesting one. You have got to be a good fifteen hundred runner, um, but strong enough to hurdle. Um, to be honest, I don't even know. I couldn't even. I couldn't even remember that race actually. Um, mm. But mm. yeah, you know, like I said, a sub six, it's good. Yeah. I would have liked, you know, there was a couple of people that I benchmarked myself off. Um, you know, one of them was, uh, you may or may not have heard of, uh, is Richard Jeremiah he, uh, and Will Devjack. And they ran, I think they ran in the 540s. Um, but yeah, I just, I just, I couldn't quite get that, that 2K. And then by the time I started to really focus properly, um, it was more, more about 3K than mm. anything. Yep, and you ran your PB there eight forty one thirty seven in Sydney in oh eight. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, so were you what, was, Marty Dent would have been running around those days, and yeah, yep. Marty was running. Yeah, Marty was running. Um, I'm, Brad, I'm Brad, trying to think. Milosevic was he? Was he running? Uh, no, Brad, no, no, Brad wasn't around oh. um, at, at that point. Um, yeah, so no, I have plenty of races with uh, with with Marty over the years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that eight forty one. Um, I can't. Yeah, I can't. Do you have, do you have the details of what race that actually was? It must have been the trial. I really wonder if it was a trial for the Olympics. It might have been, and there might have even been a. Um, yeah, I came in in. I know I came in good form, but. I think I just sort of had hit my limit with um, steeple because I couldn't, um, like I couldn't, I wasn't really good at hurdling when I was fatigued. Um, and I think that day, right, again, it's like you talk about the 2K steeple, right? I've gone, I went through in, you know, in the mid 540s um, mm. through 2K, um, but I couldn't run that for a 2K. So go figure that one out. Um, but it, yeah, like, I kind of, I think that was a, that was a, about the the tail end. I think after that, after that race, I, I'd kind of went, you know, I haven't done enough work for mm. a steeplechase. I didn't do a lot of hurdle work. I was just training. I was literally just training as a distance runner. So it was kind of like, you know, unless you're going to do the hurdling specific type stuff, um, which I've seen. You know, there's a the the US guy, uh, Evan Evan Jaeger or Evan Jaeger, depending on however you want to say it, he, he's done a lot of hurdle-specific stuff to get down to be a low eight-minute runner. And I guess I I was more focused on, you know, just running. And uh, and I, I got – I think I reached my upper limit in terms of the steeple. Um, it was always – steeplechases 
last lap when you when you when you're leaving everything on the track and you've got to try and hurdle it's just it's just so hard to do um and 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 i think i was finding that when you are fatigued and your form goes a little bit bad you just you you lose valuable seconds in that last lap and 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 that was that was what was uh, bringing me undone and i never got that sub 840 but eh. yeah one's nothing to be sniffed at i mean i'm sure there's of guys you know i can't talk ill of it there's there's a lot of guys in the last couple of years that i'm sure they they'd be very happy to to, to run uh, 840 you know sub 850 um it's it's not easy easy to do um i can only imagine what it takes to to run what yusuf did down at eight and what sean Crichton did at 816 you know uh, just yeah, it's amazing. Sean, Sean Crichton's record still still holds. Yeah, he set back in '93. So yeah, I was yeah, uh, so. I was I was actually watching the uh, the Monaco Diamond League the other night, and um, yeah, I was just thinking of the fatigue of those guys on that last water jump, and the guy who ended up winning it. Um, he he just um, hurled it every time, and he didn't put his foot on that water jump. Is that is that something you you sort of make a decision as you're coming into it, or is it something that you you know? Uh, it's it's you, you got to so again it's a lot of things you got to do a lot of work to yeah. um, be able to do that um, I didn't find you know that there was any more it was any more efficient um, yeah. really um, because it required a lot of spring yeah um, so some people are a lot more poppy I'll tell yeah. you that when they when they run um, and some and when you do get tired you you, you kind of you land further and further in the water and mm-hmm. um, and just placing your foot on the top of that barrier and it's just, it's, it's like not even a, a big push uh, off the top of it. It's a little flick. It's a little flick just to carry your momentum. It's, um, it's pretty easy to do and it doesn't, you know, when I think Toronto, when he set the world record, he was a hurdler of the water jump. Um, I, I just if you're long and gangly <laughs> you can probably do it mm. um but uh yeah i just i just found i think i tried it once or twice and um not in, not in a race sort of like or not in a major race um just like an interclub and it just didn't you had to be i could i could see myself with the pace that i was running over two over 2k possibly possibly doing it but mm. yeah i just you got to carry a lot of pace mm. um there's a reason why if i could do if i could have that much spring i'll be doing a long jump yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it is it weird with your foot hitting on, on an angle on on the ramp as it as you come down it it, it is um a little bit so mm. generally mine when i used to land my foot half of it would be up on the flat and the heel would sort of hit um but what happens is because you sort of as you're coming down, you've got so much momentum that your foot's coming underneath you, and so you don't sort of break. Does that make sense? Yeah, so you're not, yeah, okay. your foot's not hitting with it out in front of you. It's sort yeah. of hitting more directly underneath you, um, which is why you sometimes – that's actually the reason why you sometimes see people fall because um, their foot, when it hits the ground – is too far behind them, and so they've got nothing to yeah, gotcha. stop themselves. So you need a little bit. You kind of need it uh, to strike directly under you, and then yeah, you don't really you don't really notice it too much. Um, 
unless you've got sort of like a dodgy ankle or something like, mm. or you don't land, or you don't land yeah. with your foot correct, correct, like straight, that's sort of angled. That's when you'll notice it. Yeah. Did you ever have any ugly mess ups over in your career? Yeah, yeah. Um, I did one. One of the one of the trials. I can't remember which one it was. Um, uh, or trial or nationals, I can't remember. Um, but it was at Homebush and it was raining for the steeple. Um, and I remember we we just started. We're on the, you know, so you start halfway down the straight, got around to the 1500 start, which is about 150 metres in. And as I planted my foot to go over, um, it put it in the puddle that was there and I just aquaplaned. And as I sort of pushed up I didn't get enough height my trail leg which is my left leg just smashed into the barrier and I was in front of the field and what happened was I went from lane one I just slid out to lane three across the front of the field and just belted my knee got up chased got back on and then ran kept up I think to about 2k uh, and then started to drop off but what I didn't know was as I'm running um and each time I went over the water jump, because that was my landing leg. So I'd, I, I, it was my push off, my lead leg when I hurdled was my right. But then when I went the water jump, it was my right foot hit the, pushed off the top of the barrier and I landed on my left, was that my knee was getting bigger and bigger mm. and uh, as I completed. And when I fin- finished the race, it was easily twice the size of my other knee. And then, like most things, um, you know, like you, probably understand from marathon when you finish your marathon um and you stop everything just seizes up Mm. um that's what my knee did it just and i had a straight leg for about a week i could barely bend it at all um and of course being the silly person i am i never got looked at um but uh it took me about uh it started to come down and but it took me i couldn't crouch down for six months because of whatever I did to the end of my quadriceps on my knee. Um, and then it eventually came good. But, yeah, so that was that was the one – I mean, I fell a couple of times at the water jump, but that was the one big one that kind of made me look back and go, God, how did how did I not have someone step on me? Mm. Um, how did I not do something worse? Um, and how did I do it? Yeah, so, yeah, so it was, um, that, was, that was my big spill. Yeah, I'll just, I'm interested in something. Sorry, listeners, you guys probably want me to move on from this, but I'm just thinking when, when you go over that last hurdle, like the hurdle before the water jump, um, and you said you got your, your, your leading and your trailing leg, have you ever, like, do you guys count your steps? Like, do you ever have to, you <laughs> must have to half step before you get to it. So yep. you're actually jumping off the right leg. Is that generally what happens? And some laps <laughs> you actually, because you're, you know, for, for whatever reason, running quicker, you're actually perfect timing. Is that something you have to just keep calculating every time you're coming into the jump? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know most of the time from your running when you're, you know, even when you're trying to step up a gutter, right, you're, you're running along and, and you, your mind just goes chop, 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 chop at, to get you on the right yeah. right foot. Yeah. So I don't – we we there was a point in time where we thought about potentially we try to count or do strides length uh kind of like a 400 400 hurdler um but we realized it wasn't going to work in the long long term um what ended up happening was it's about sighting further out being confident in your stride um but essentially you just rely on your instinct in terms of chopping down until you you get it until your mind actually tells you that you're going to get the right leg you try not to try not to take off on the on the wrong one um but yeah 
And there'd be times we when did. there's five five guys coming in shoulder to shoulder, <laughs> pushing and shoving, and that again, that's another issue, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like mentally, mentally, you're just yeah, you're constantly thinking about all the different variables and stuff mm. like that. But um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a tricky one. Um, but the mind just figures it out yeah. somehow. Yeah. Um, uh, but it it does look funny when you yeah, and it, you just you wait. And remember how I said about the the last lap, and you're just trying to go for it, and you just you, you, you're wasting seconds if you don't get it right uh, and, th- and that's what you do you just it, it's kind of like inefficient you slow down because you can't keep maintaining your speed so it's a, it breaks it up and if you're not used to it it kind of smashes you a bit mm-hmm. all right mate uh 5k now obviously the uh the world athletics profile always only brings up the noosa bolt um, so you may be quicker than this, but um, yeah, it's the only one that must be registered to to go onto their app. But uh, fourteen fifty three in two thousand and fourteen. Did you head up there often or? Nah, no. nah. I think I think I only I think that might have been my only one actually up there. Yeah. Um, I so throughout my career, I suffered in humidity mm. um, and hot weather. I just like if you look at I mean you only got to look at my my major my major championships were just shocking um and i think he had a large part to play which funnily enough after um i think it was uh would have been post 2014 when um yeah like i'm 32 by that point and finally my body starts to sweat in the hot weather properly and cool itself down and i actually started to go all right in hot weather um so um Going to Noosa, um, we did. We used to do a couple of training camps, uh, ten days in the middle of winter up there, um, which was interesting because you get very humid and you know um, you think you sort of start to your body starts to sort of adapt a little bit and know how to do it. Um, but yeah, always wanted to do the Noosa Bolt. You know, it was like one of those um, uh, one of those five k road races. You know that was illustrious mm. i'll say yeah it usually and, gets good uh, depth and a good good yeah. crowd with all the tri-flights there for the weekend yeah, yeah. And, it's, it's, and it's a yeah and that's a good weekend yeah and um you know so you wanted to go and be a part of that but we only went up the once and yeah i just ran shockingly mm. um i didn't really like the course that much and it, i don't know i don't know why we didn't really go go back um I can't be. I guess it, we focused on some different things and didn't see much of an importance. It was, it was a good thing to go up. Uh, it would have been nice to go back, um, but I just yeah that that five k road PB. Um, I've ran, <laughs> I have ran faster in splits. Um, my half marathon when I raced Marty, um, mm. two thousand and eleven. I think he said his Garmin split. For the last 5k of that one which i won in 63.18 was 14.20 so yeah. um so i ran quicker sure <laughs> but sure. yeah at a, the official one you know the official one I could, I could find i could find one on, on if it's on strava it's official right so i could find <laughs> one on strava and I'm done. that's it <laughs> all right 10k 2938 uh springvale 2009 Oh, that'd be um, Sandown, I think. Okay. That must be, yeah. Yeah, so I went down. Um, again, that's another one where, you know, I split, I split faster in my half marathon yep. PB. But um, that, that was a good race. 
Well, I went um, raced down against the, the Victorian guys. Um, you know, it was a little bit blustery day. Um, had to, you know, had to try and stay ahead of Mona, you know, because he runs <laughs> phenomenally for forever yeah. as well. Um, but it was a good race, you know. Got in there, uh, mixed it up a bit with uh, with the likes of Mark Tucker, um, and that was a big. I think my previous PB to that was thirty fifty seven, uh, and that came from the Sydney Bridge Run, which I debated at the time whether or not it actually was ten k. Uh, a lot of it was downhill, so that kind of didn't count as well. But yeah, the race. There's a couple of laps at the Sandown race course. Uh, it's a good course down there. Um, I think the, the front straight, we had a headwind um, coming up and, and being a little guy, it made it, made it difficult for me. Uh, Mark Tucker had broken away. I was a little bit exposed. Um, but, it, you know, we had a good little pack, worked pretty, pretty hard together. Um, it's, I should have probably gone faster. Like I went down, I went down to... I went down to Bernie and I didn't run that fast down there either. Um, I think it was a, you know, I, I, I was a little bit inconsistent with some of my, some of my race results and certain distances. I don't know whether it was timing that it didn't work well. Um, but that was a good, that one I, from recollection came in the lead up to Gold Coast. So it was a good preparation race. So it knew, meant that I was on the right track and looking at my targets, it, it, it meant I took away, yes, I'm doing the right training and I'm looking at least like I can run but half decent in well, what I would deem half decent in a half marathon. Yeah, yeah. And and you're right, that was that was my 09. So leading into into your PB up there on the Goldie uh, for the half marathon mm. running 62.44. Yeah, it was uh, not a bad way to start my um, half marathon. It's pretty quick, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, was, I, was, I was surprised. Uh, I don't know, there, there was a photo going around um, of me. They got me at the, at the finish line when because I, I didn't wear a watch, so I had no idea what I was running. I was just trying to keep up. And um, and I came around the last bend because the finish is different now to what it was then. And I, I saw the clock and my, my face was just like, oh, my God, really? No wonder I feel like I do. Mm. Um, that was a funny race. Um, I almost didn't go up. Uh, on the Wednesday, uh, so my wife, um, Heidi, she, she runs and it's funny. That's how we met. Um, and um, – and we may we may just need to be careful. My my Bluetooth just told me battery low, so I may we may end up switching soon. Okay. Um. So we met uh, we met running, and um. But I used to do some 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 runs. Some of my you know my call it my easier runs, you know, or my my general runs. Um. And on the Wednesday, I, I like I'd been feeling a little bit flat, and on the Wednesday I ran with her, and she was we were doing our our hour run around Centennial Park, and she was dropping me. And just waiting for me, and I was struggling. I, I, I struggled to run 14, I think it was 14K or 13K in the hour. I was just, like, struggling, and this normally comes easy. Anyway, I wake up the following morning, sick as a dog. Um, could not, just went, oh, my God, I'm in trouble. You know, got the, the, the cold and flu tablets and was just, you know, pumping them into me as much as I could. Um, 
sleeping as much as I could because I was off I was off work um and just kept taking them and we were seriously talking and it got the Friday was when we were meant to fly up and when we woke up Friday morning I was still rough and uh, I had a chat with Heidi and we were like should I even fly out do I even bother um and in the you know we we got to the end of the day I was like nah okay it's booked let's let's just fly out you know, worst case, it, it doesn't stay away and and I just don't run. Because uh, she was going up to do the half marathon as well and she was, you know, she was fine. We fly up there on uh, on the Friday, you know, get in, we check in um, and I just ate dinner, went to bed. Um, I think I slept something like 15 hours. I woke up the following day at about 11.30 a.m. But I woke up. And I was like, I can breathe. Hmm. It was interesting. I don't feel so bad. And then we went out for my pre-race 5K jog with her. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm not feeling too bad now. I think it's I think it's gone. Mm. So I'll line up tomorrow. And um, I lined up. Um, you know, we know what the outcome was of the race. So it clearly got it out of my system. But the race itself was um was just great like just striding out everything just felt so good so i'll call it majestic and um i we were running along i I remember at one point chilling at the back with dixon marwa who won the race um you know and then just slowly the the field just got ratcheted down ratcheted down and i had no idea what pace we were running um i remember we hit the turnaround and i got dropped um by marty michael shelley and dixon and and i and i got dropped off and and i wasn't that far back and i and and this was this is my first um thing where i realized i in my head i'm like come on surge get back on come on legs come on legs it took me a k it took me a k to get the message to my legs Mm. to actually pick it up and i and i got back on and i got back on at about 13k and i think i surprised them a little but then we got you know then we're churning along and we hit 18k and then they just upped it and that was it i couldn't go again um but yeah rolled rolled through to the finish and i i i don't think i really dropped much again i didn't have the pace but um you know i like watching on my watch or anything like that but yeah it was just end up finishing um i will say however that when i finished um i was greeted by a drug tester (laughs) um and also who got to witness me dry retching because i had nothing in my stomach and i was completely gone completely gone and i was just i was just struggling um but yeah i was i just could not believe that i'd ran that fast on my first one you know and and when you look on the world stage it's probably not that fast but I, i was just it was, I put up a respectable time, and I was just, I was just elated. A that I'd got on the plane, B that the sickness had gone, and just how it had turned out. I was, I was, I was happy as Larry. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, I won't talk over long, but yeah, I, I, I did, I did a really fast ten k, the exact same conditions. Um, really sick. Didn't even want, thought I won't even do it. Got up in the morning, thought maybe I'll just drive down and see if there's people there I know. Thought maybe I'll just go for a jog. Thought I don't feel too bad you know ran it and ran a pb and and you know there's things in running that don't always make sense and you take it when it comes along and the opposite happens when you feel fantastic you get out there and the legs have got nothing so 
yeah, sometimes these things happen, and whether it's forced rest or or whatever it might be, because you're you're not well, and you when you do turn up, as long as you get it out of your system and you got fresh legs, you're ready to go. And I think it's mentally too. You think you know you feel like you're getting something for free, and I think because mm. you're not meant to be actually feeling that good, and I think that sort of sort of plays with you and, and you thought oh well I've, i feel i'm getting something for nothing here so i might as well make make most of it so yeah, it's interesting it's definitely interesting mate your yeah. marathon that, that's um, not, it doesn't always work like that i oh, know it doesn't <laughs> always that's why you take it when it comes along but that, that's the problem is next time you're sick and you sort of think oh well remember that time when i ran that pb mate you know so it always it sucks you in, in. Boy, it puts you in a good wolf. headspace yeah so you look that it gives you that positive that optimism that it might actually be okay yeah exactly yep um certainly listeners don't if you've got a virus and you've got a chest infection don't race yeah <laughs> yes yeah i think i think one of the things i think i think i uh that i read sometime was above above the neck not so bad below the neck yeah, yeah. just stay in bed yeah that one's been around for a while i think that's a good one too um all right your marathon mate this is this is insane <laughs> um over in beppu japan february 2010 debut marathon 211 even which is today is still the fastest uh, debut marathon by an Aussie. So that's that's awesome. I mean, there's so much to take out of that. But, yeah, let's hear your side, mate. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's, yeah, you mentioned it's been now, I think it has done, or actually next year. Next year I think it hits 10 years. Yeah. So it's lasted for 10 years. And, and I, was, I was just hoping, I was hoping against everything that it, as a debut one in the last 10 years. And after that, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it going. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, interesting fact before I talk about that race is that my first half marathon remains my fastest and my first marathon remains my fastest. Unfortunately, I couldn't replicate it. Mm. Um, mm. Moons and lined perfectly for that day. Um, maybe I overcooked it and subsequent training and stuff like that. Don't know. Um, but yeah, um, that was um, we went over there <laughs> with the goal of running under 214 pretty much yep. um, because I think that was the qualifying time for Com Games at the time from memory, I think it was. And um, everything had gone well leading up to it. Um, no complaints. Um, you know, uh, I got over there and... Uh, funny little thing, I was I was there with Brett Cartwright and Marty Dent, and I remember talking to them uh, before the race. I mean, you know, they they take you on the course to work because they want to. You know, the Japanese are, are meticulous, um, and they like to make sure you know everything about what you're going to do. And and I remember talking to Marty and and Brett Cartwright, and this just shows the naivety of me, was uh, which probably helped in the race. Is I mentioned about cool downs now everyone that's probably listening has probably done a marathon and they know that you don't cool down aside from <laughs> just fall down blow on you. Yeah. yeah so i'm just i'm just you know it's just something i'm used to right and i asked them about it and they said if you can walk to the bus that's your cool down and i literally turned to them and said oh my god what am i getting myself into mm. and um but yeah so you know we 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 line up on the race day and it's actually, it's pretty mint conditions. Um, and, uh, we had paces. Um, we've been told that the pacer was, you know, like I said, we were going over there with the, the, the goal of running under two fourteen, and, and 
the paces were told they were going to do, I think it was 308s at the time. And I think it worked out to about a 212. And we went, you know what? There's no other group. Let's just go with that group. Um, given the fact that if you see a lot of Japanese races, um, they go out at three minute Ks and they hold on, which is really hard when you've got to pick as a as a as a elite or sub elite marathon runner. You you look at a race and you go, oh great, they've got heaps of people that can run two fourteen, two fifteen. The problem is those guys all went out at two oh eight pace, right? So you, it's not steady. So they're blowing up and running that. And whereas um, back when I did it, a lot of the guys just went out at at, at that pace. In a couple of paces, two Japanese guys and a, and a, and a Kenyan. Um, I remember them just ticking it off, 308, 308, 308, 308. Um, so I did something that I've never done before, and that was wear, um, wear a watch in a race because um, I hadn't done that, and also um, not go with the leaders. So that was two things I'd, I'd, I'd never done um, before. Um, but all I did was just watch, watch the back of the paces in front um it was uh it was just a different way of doing things so i slipped into you know it's that time trial mode and all i remember um and why i think that race was so good was for close uh, close to 80 minutes of that race um i was on autopilot i just wasn't all I was doing was just stay with this group and, oh, 5K, drink, and repeat every 5K, just keep doing it. And I remember, um, yeah, like I said, they just steady, steady, steady um, through the splits. And um, I hit uh, – we were down to the Kenyan pacer and we hit 25K and I was itching. I was just itching. Uh, I'd been feeling good. It felt like I was floating. I was dropping my arm. I'd been dropping my arms. I'd been, you know, getting up on my toes. I'd mm. just been striding out. It was like, it was just, it, I was just moving so well. I just, you know, I knew I had more. Can you remember what um, the half, halfway split was? 60, 6557, okay. I think it was. Yep. Yeah, 6557 was a halfway split. Mm. Is Marty still um, with you at that stage? Yep. Yep, yep, Marty was still there. Um, and I remember we hit that 25K mark and and then I'm watching and and this is where I started to watch the clock because I'm like, going, oh, we're going pretty quick here. Um, I do remember um, over the next 2K giving the Kenyan pacemaker because I moved more towards, I was basically behind him. I remember giving him two shoves in the back and saying, come on, come on. right? And then at 27K, um, we went up a little rise and I just blasted past him and I just went, nah, I'm done. And I took off. Um, when I took off, I remember, um, I think I went through, yes, yeah, 30K. So I hit, went through 30K and I've been splitting my watch. Um, and now that I was charging along because I knew that um, – the leaders um, were a little bit up the road. And it turns out at 30K, they were a minute and three up the road, I think. And um, I just remember ripping through the streets and um, and I, I looked down as I went through 33K and I'd seen that I'd just run 
Garmin certified, of course, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll call that out. Was uh, but the um, oh, actually no, it wasn't no, because it was just the time. I remember looking at the markings on the road. So it was the 33k marker, and I looked down at my watch and I was 8:54. So I was running sub three k's, mm. three minute k's, and I just went to myself, oh, slow up, slow up, slow up. And, um, you know, because I'm thinking, I'm, th- this is just silly. And, um, but I hit 35K and, and that 5K split was a 15.06. And I was super quick, but mm. I just set myself a target. So you're on your own here. There's not, you're not running my, with anyone? No, I'm, yeah. I'm, on my, I'm, I'm on my own. And I'm just ripping through the, the guys that are falling off the lead pack and, and just catching the leaders. Now, what I'd done was mentally, told myself, catch them and have a break. Hindsight tells me I should have just gone straight past, but I told myself, catch them, have, give yourself a break. And what happened was at about 38, um, 38 and a half K, it was when I caught the leaders. I know they gave me a few funny looks as if to say, where did you come from? Um, and I think I maybe had one and a half K um, where it was okay you know, sort of I recovered. And then um, the Kenyan dudes decided to make a push for home. And I just went with it. Uh, I just, I had I had no reason not to. Um, I was now racing, not time trialing, not trying to run a time. So I just went with it. Um, I just remember, um, didn't exactly pick up the pace a lot. Um, we kept surging. Um, and then we started to spread out. And when we came in to the to the finish, um, I was just I was giving it everything I could. And the 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 two leaders, first and second, was not very far in front of me. Um, and I think I went back, and I think my last my last four hundred meters of that race was nearly as fast as my ten k. So I was, yeah, we're talking a 67 68 second last 400 yeah. um kick, yeah marathon kicking in the into the finish um but literally um 210.50 won it 210.55 was second i was third in 211 fourth and fifth were 211.04 211.05 um like there was just so many guys in the finishing straight um i'd done everything i possibly could could um i'd kicked as hard as i could um yeah the only hindsight like i said i should have possibly gone past but who knows what would have happened you know um i remember finishing and it was just like i just got this rush of um tingling sensation through my body um and then it was like a cold flash and then i was just like i'll get me sick and i was sick on camera because apparently um, one of my, uh, James, I think uh, uh, somebody was watching it on, on the little keyhole TV that they have and they said they, they saw me vomit on TV, <laughs> which was a sign that I'd, uh, and it was, it turned me off, off uh, I didn't have Gatorade for a, a good little bit of time after that. Um, but yeah, and then um, I was done and um, I remember um Marty, when he when he came came in, um, I think he ran uh, to two twelve, two thirteen, somewhere around there. Um, I remember him telling me he expected to see me at about thirty five k sitting on the side of the road because of I think I must have gone away like 
picked it up so quick. Yeah. And I said, I don't know how I did that. I like, I know I was fit, but it's just everything lined up. Um, I still was in disbelief um, that I'd ran that quick. Um, the official photo of me crossing the finish line has 210.59. Unfortunately, road racing rules must round up. So I get to 11. Um, okay. Yeah, and, and it was just like, um, yeah, I just couldn't believe that the, the run just, it just went so well. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't have asked for you know, a better result. Um, you know, it was three minutes faster than what we were expecting. Um, I got my qualification. I set an Australian debut record. It was the New South Wales record, and that's still standing. Um, it had me 11th all time on the Australian list. Like, it ticked so many boxes. And for someone who, um, you know, I was just trying to get the best out of myself, it was, it was, just, it was just great. It was great. Yeah, no, I actually didn't realise you'd finished third, mate, and so close to, to winning. I mean... Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Ten seconds ahead of me was twenty thousand dollars more. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, okay. But I mean, I don't so, think when you lined up, you were thinking about taking any money home, were you? <laughs> no, no. Like I yeah. it was just uh, a. It was a. It was finished, mm. and b. It was finished inside fourteen. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I just have a look here. Marty finished eleventh in two thirteen twenty seven. There you go. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Go. Mate, um, you sort of didn't get into running till you'd left school. You were sort of playing around cricket and, and soccer before yep. that. So what made you actually get into running in the first place? Um, uh, I, so in school, you know, you got your mandatory um, cross-country and athletics that you've got to do, mm. and I, I always did it. And But what I found was when I hit high school was I was starting to go all right at cross-country, and I, and I made it. You know, I won't go over everything that I did, but basically when I was 17, I uh, qualified in the uh, under-18s team to go to National Cross, uh, Schools Cross, uh, which was up in Darwin. Uh, I was, there's a few guys. Uh, Nick Bromley was one of them. Um, there's a couple of other guys, Joel Fitzgerald, Brendan Cato, Fraser Hutton, um, and uh, Luke Taylor um, as well. And, and I went up there and... I hadn't done any specific running training and I might, have gone, I might have gone out for a couple of runs maybe in the lead up to it, but essentially I just did. I was in soccer season. And at that age I had, we had a guy that used to coach the local, the local, uh, they called it premier league um, teams, but you know, like the rep sides and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, he was coaching us. And so he was doing a bit of fitness work with us and stuff like that. But I, but I went to, I went to Darwin and I think I finished 15th uh, from memory in under 18s with no specific running training. And it was at that point that I went, I think I'm going to be a good runner. I don't think I'm going to be, you know, the next soccer superstar or next cricket superstar. And so I made the decision to, to drop cricket uh, uh, for the summer and, and try out uh, athletics and, well, as they say, the rest is history. Yeah, 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 for sure. Did you sort of have international competition sort of as a goal in those early days when you started running? Like how sort of high were you dreaming? Um, I think I did. 
I mean, ultimately, I've only ever wanted to really get the best out of myself, uh, run as fast as I could run. Um, I did, because of the time that I sort of came along, uh, Sydney rocked around, and I, and I think there was part of that where I said, I'd like to run in that. Um, the thing was, I didn't know how to get there, right, if you know what I mean. So I, I knew that's what I would like to do. I would like to be an international athlete uh, or, you know, participate. You know, I probably, at the time, if I think back to being a teenager, I probably thought I'd like to win a gold medal at the Olympics, um, you know, as most people do. Um, you know, but I'd only just started training and I was with the local club coaches. And so I did set, you know, I, I call it, I, I, I dreamed big. Right. Um, and when, when we, you know, I'm going through some of this, like when we talk about performance management at work and stuff like that, and you're setting your goals and you've got to have your objectives on the way, you know, I had the goal. Uh, what I didn't have was the milestone to tick off and what I needed to do. Um, so I sort of, uh, if you look, if I look back over my, um, my career, I started quite well with uh, the club coach and uh, Warren Kelly was my first coach and he was coaching quite well. And then I just had, you know, I think through being lucky that I had, you know, I at least have a little bit of talent um, that I was then at an academy training session. So Southwest Sydney Academy, uh, we're up at Narrabeen. And then my new coach came to talk to us because uh, he was with the New South Wales Institute of Sport, um, I think, at the time. And then uh, we kind of hit it off and then he wanted to coach me. And, yeah, and then we just sort of built on from there. And then I kind of got in, call it, got in the right circles with the right knowledge. And then basically it took off from there. Um, if I hadn't been, you know, kind of a bit of a right place, right time, that actually helped me hit my my dreams, I'll call, rather than um, mm. than, than goals. Because, I mean, you, like 2001, you've uh, you've taken out the Australian Junior Steeplechase for the 3,000 metres, yeah. 9-18-01 up in Brisbane. So, so you know, you're, you're a steeple boy. Were you thinking of further down the line, you know, when you talk about having dreams of competing internationally and that, you're always thinking the, the longer track events or were you ever thinking of trying to make get an Aussie single for the, for the steeple or? Uh, it was, it was, um, steeplechase yep. that I wanted to, um, that I thought actually thought would be my event. Um, it was strange because I think, I think when I look back, it was probably more because of, um, the dynamics of it. It was different. Mm. It wasn't just running. It wasn't just, it was, uh, I was, I am still someone who needs stimulation, <laughs> um, but I can do a lot more of the repetitive stuff. And, you know, like I've got an, in, yeah, I've got an indoor trainer now, so like for, for cycling, so I can sit there and stare at a screen, right? Yeah. Um, but when I was in my, in my youth, I'll call it, which I think I can say now because <laughs> it's 18 years ago, um, is that, um, that that different, you know, steeplechase was hurdling, it was water, it was running, it was, you know, a combination, it was a combination of things and sort of a mixed bag, there was variables. Mm. Um, I, th I thought I could be really good at, at steeplechase. Um, I think there's a large amount of naivety in me in terms of not thinking that I'd have to do too much. Um, probably a little bit of arrogance about myself as well, thinking that I was, um, was all that. And... Um, yeah, that, I think that was where 
that was where I originally wanted to um, excel was probably in the steeplechase and it's just because I, being so new like my parents and family I didn't grow up around around it um, so I didn't know history of it so I didn't know about you know the mile I didn't know you know, out, you know that how special things like the marathon were. I will caveat that say I never wanted to do a marathon. I never desired to do a marathon. I never desired to leave the track. Um, I thought the track was a be all and end all. I thought maybe you know be a, a good five and ten k runner, but I thought that was it. That was as far as I was going. Um, little did I know. Little did I know. Mm, mm. Um, two thousand two. Um, uh, you finished fifth at the state titles in Sydney for the five thousand meters. Um, so you ran fourteen thirty four ten. So I'm just oh, like, yeah. so two thousand two. You're uh, you're only twenty years old still, aren't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have been. Yeah, two thousand and two. It was the two thousand and two one. Yeah. I, at that race, I probably would have been uh, still nineteen, actually. And actually, before we move on to that one, I should mention the steeplechase that I won the year before. Mm. That was fun at juniors. Mm. I remember hitting the bell lap and I was getting the bell and I knew it was the national title. Yeah. And I remember thinking, and this was like, you know, the, 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 the little kid inside just going, Oh my God, I'm leading a national race. Um, I couldn't believe it. And it was like that. I think that's what drove me to the line. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. we just that, that unbelievable bit, but yeah, 2002. Yeah. I think I was probably 19, um, at the time. So yeah, I was about, you know, my, my birthday's in July. So like, yeah, nineteen and a half. So, but yeah, open opens race um, at New South Wales titles. Yeah, and that was a big PB. That was a that was a sixty three second PB um, in that race. Yeah, there's yeah. a few blasts from the past in there too. Yeah. Jim Gillard, Nick Cope, uh, they were in there. They were my training partners at the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then at their meet two days later, you finished uh, first in the three thousand meter steeplechase, running nine eighteen fifty four. So that's a good meet for you. Yeah, it was. Mm. Um, it showed that the training. I think, I think that came off the back of. Um, I think my first ever trip to Fourth Creek for the you know the national distance training camp uh, epicenter, um, and I think I did some stupid amount of kilometers in nine days. Like I think I went from. I think over the course of two months, I went from doing sort of forty fifty k a week to. 90 100k a week and then i managed to blast out i think over nine days or 10 days that i was at um at false creek uh around 180k or something it was like stupid i don't know how i didn't get injured mm. um but yeah so but the training that the, the change and the group that i was training with because they were good guys in the in the group though they, they were very fast and i was getting you know i was not near the front in the training sessions and it just showed that it, it the strength was getting there was because i'd previously you know i'd do a good race and then i'd be wrecked the following day and this one allowed me to back up and you know i had a, you know fifth place in first time in opens and you know and, and a win um so yeah can't could not complain it, it was going it was going the right decision the right direction and i and i made the right decisions yeah 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 uh, yeah, fifth at the Nationals a couple of months later when you went 90208, so you're sort of getting close to that sub nine performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was an interesting one. That that was um, that was a bit more. I think I had a bit of a bit of a kick in that one too. And um, yeah, we were, we were, 
it was a not a fast race. Um, and I think it was in was it, was it, did you say it was in Brisbane? Um, I, I, I didn't write that down, but I, no, you, I think you told I me about been. it and I'll find it. Yeah. No, I think I might have been in Brisbane. Um, yeah, some other, yeah. It, it's funny when you, you know, we're talking about 18 years ago and, um, and there's some guys in there that, yeah, like it's funny they're now all mates that I used to look at and go, wow, look at what those guys run. And, you know, here I was running against them. Um, but yeah, I think it was more of a, a a kicking race in that one and um yeah it was getting you know nine minutes was the, was the barrier to get to and um we thought i was probably going to get it that, that weekend but you know didn't 902 again nothing to be to be barked at everything's still heading in the right direction um but yeah you kind of i think i came up yeah i never i was I was just outside the medals, I think, in that race. Yeah, um, it, it's yeah, it's, it's the nationals up in Brisbane, fourteenth of April, um, and it's got you down as finishing sixth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but no, uh, it was good. It was good, and you know, being able to, you know, I've gone, I've gone, you know, from uh, what I would say, uh, an athlete who didn't know much about sport, didn't have much to do with it, um, to now, yeah, you know, I'm mixing it up. In against these guys who have been, you know, running quite fast, so yep. um, so I'm pretty happy. Yep. The next year, mate, O three, you've cracked uh, the sub nine twice, uh, once in Adelaide, once in Sydney, in, um, with a second and a fourth, and then um, two wins in the Sydney meets. So um, you're sort of starting to find your rhythm in that. Yeah. Yeah. the the first The first sub nine, um, which. Um, is not written down right. is um, I missed out on uh, doing Zadapec in December because I was coming back from injury. So late October and November, I spent out injured. That's uh, six weeks, I think, or something like that, um, where I did no running and I – Basically, I did the OCD athlete uh, thing where I had myself a gym membership. Mm. I went and rode the bike for an hour, um, like a madman, an exercise bike, um, then went and swam for half an hour. And I did that twice a day, pretty much every day for six weeks. Um I then came out, did like half session. I think my first, because I'd already booked my ticket, so I just still went down to Zatapec and um, I just trained on the day and just watched the meet. Then trained through until um, when Adelaide rolled around and, yeah, somehow popped out PB, sub, yeah, sub nine. Um, pleasant surprise, I should say. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that sort of, Went okay, I'm a bit fitter, and then yeah, we we started to roll through, uh, roll through the season, and you know because most of the the races were, and I, I think that's probably also what I enjoyed about the steeple was they tended to not be paced; they were more races, and I I, I like to race. I'm a good racer, and uh, I think that's why I started to get some of the results um, that I did get mm. because it came down to tactics, positioning, timing of of, of getting away, and things like that. 
Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, now moving on to 04, you've you've had a pretty good season there. It's you know the old Telstra series, uh, also down in Zadipak there. You ran a you ran a 8:47.96 in in Melbourne. Um, hmm. And you've run yeah you've you've run a few times under nine there. Picked up picked up the win up there in Sydney at the uh, state champs. So see so 8:47.96. You're certainly uh, starting to move along now. Yeah, that was the one where I started to go. You know, you know, I'm getting getting good, getting good at this distance. I'm getting good at this event, and, and I started to set lofty goals of trying to run eight thirty. Um, you know, hard enough, but not crazy. That I, you know, like I'm not saying I'm trying to run sub eight minutes. And um, yeah, the again, it was Melbourne Track Classic. That was when, um, it, yeah, it was it was really you know it was a good meet, and they you have a good you know all the best guys in in Australia would come and run and race, and we just have at it. Um, I was nice and consistent. Like I picked uh, at state level, uh, I was picking up medals. I was, I was winning events. Um, it, it was everything was going going well. Um, I'd had, you know, like I'd had that injury the, the uh, you know, the couple of uh, years before. What, what was that um, injury? Oh, it was in, it was my, it was Achilles okay. uh, tendonitis. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I got a, you know, it plagued me for a little bit of time mm. uh, coming and going, but uh, it was okay. And, yeah, and I just, just getting into the, the big meets, I, I thrived on, you know, crowds and people and mm. and that's what got me got me running running better yep yep who's coaching you now you in this time uh, uh ken green okay ken yep. green was coaching me at that time uh ken coached me from there through till pretty much 2013 i think yep something like that 2014 i can't yep. remember exactly mm. All right, oh five oh six. You're running pretty regularly in the eight forties for the uh, for the three thousand steeple, and you're starting to um, post some some good uh, times on the longer track events. You uh, finished second in the five thousand meters at the Sydney Track Classic, and you ran fourteen thirteen forty two there, and uh, down in Zadipak there, finishing tenth in twenty nine thirty two. So sort of you you're sort of playing around with them all at this stage, thinking I'm going to start to venture long pretty much now or what, what was the mindset um, happening there well i was always going well um at cross country um yeah. I, I was winning a lot of um the state races and, and being competitive nationally um just mixing it up like i said remember I, uh, a bit more of a need the dynamics and the stimulus just doing different races and but i didn't i was never a you know, I want to focus solely on 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 one event. Um, yeah, the steeplechase was still the goal event. There was the actually the the distance and uh, that we thought that would be my my event, and I could qualify and represent Australia um, in that. But with that, you don't have you don't have that many of them around. Five um, k's and ten k's will help make me stronger for that event um the 1500s if i do those make me quicker for it because it's a nice blend uh because of that distance that 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 it sits at Mm. um and so you know 
I kept, so long as I kept running PBs, you know, everything was everything was going well. Yeah. Um, the Zatap- the Zatapec one was really good. Um, that was my first 10K. Um, I just hit pace and just and just ran it. Um, I actually sort of found a nice little groove, um, just kept ticking off the laps, just kept moving up. Uh, it, it actually it went better than what I thought it would have gone. I wanted to run under 30 because – yeah, you know, you, you don't want you, you you have those 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 goal times or those benchmarks. You you don't want to run you you don't want to run over them. Um, sometimes you can't help it, uh, and you do. But it was just my goal was I actually I think I actually set out at uh, seventy seconds a lap. I think I was trying to run twenty nine ten, um, but I ended up running twenty nine thirty two, which is which I was pretty happy with. Mm. Um, and it, it, I think maybe I was probably midfield, I think. Um, but it was a good start. And yeah. it, was, it was definitely starting to highlight that maybe I was going to be better long um, than, uh, than short. So at this point, you know, I'm playing the, the dumb athlete, really. Mm. What I'm doing is just, uh, you know, Ken, what's my program? What am I running? When we're racing, yep. and just tell me what to do, mm. and I will do it. What and was your basic? What was your volume like back then? Were you following the standard, you know, Australian, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, yeah. and you know, yeah, kind of. Mm. Um, it was probably um, at about this point that my training had started to probably start to have hints of marathon training in but because mm. i didn't know what that training was i just thought it was standard training so mm. like i think i was uh, you know i was doing like a 215 run on the sunday um doing a 10 miler with uh 20 minutes hard in the middle of it on a thursday yeah doing the tuesday thursday saturday sessions um yeah the mileage oh actually oh i wonder if i probably would only because i don't know where to pull it up i, I could probably tell you um but it was, I'd say, it'd be, it wouldn't be, I wasn't doing 100 mile weeks. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, I was still a bit less than that. It was still a couple of years before I think I hit, um, you know, the, 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 the Australian uh, distance running um, benchmark of you do 100 mile weeks. Um, yeah, so I was still relatively low, still building up. But having a few key staples that we, we used to do, um, fartlek, yeah, or monofartlek that we call it. Mona calls it just fartlek because mm. he refuses to name in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the quarters, uh, you know, eight by quarter, uh, eight by 400, 200 float. Yep. Um, and then, so yeah, it wasn't anything crazy, it was pretty standard stuff. Um, my coach was coached by, um, Chris Wardlaw yep. um, trained with Mona. So a lot of what Mona used to do um, and Chris used to do or Rab used to do um, is what I got to do. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, mate, 2007, moving on, you're starting to find some pretty good flow on and off the track. Um, you ran you ran a 350-1500 in Sydney in Feb. Um, 
801 for the 3000 and 1404 for the 5000 and 2934 at Zanapec. But you also picked up the uh, New South Wales State and the National Cross Country title. So pretty big bag full there, mate. So things are really going really well. Yeah, that, that was a good year. Yeah. Um, it remains it's my one and only um, national title. Um, uh, but it came at the end of a very good cross country season. Um, cross country was, you know, what found me as an athlete when I was a kid at school. Um, you know, we had the we had the cross country, and and I found that I went well on it. And so that's where my my, my roots are in cross country. And so I had a, I won all the all the state titles. Um, I may have even I think that year maybe I even ventured down and did Bandura. I can't remember. If I did, but yeah, that that race out at, at, at Perth, um, I think it was Perth. Yeah, was great. Um, it just played it. It played into my hands and played into my strengths. Um, I just holding off. You know, uh, I, I think I caught I caught Marty Dent and in that race, and uh, <laughs> and then I I managed to hold off a. a, a Benny St. Lawrence storming home um, in the in the final couple hundred meters uh, to to get my maiden and only um, national title. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it was just yeah. It was, I, I I I still I was a bit amazed that I'd actually pulled it off, um, but it was it was a it was a culmination of a of a very good uh, cross country season. So uh, yeah, and then then we let the, you know we led in to um, that fourteen oh four, which was great. Um, it was sh- showing that I was still again progressing and heading in the right direction. Um, and that was a PB that stood, I think, potentially until uh, the until I set my current PB, I think. So um, which was it stood for like five and a half years. So yeah, um, there's get a lot of consistency. Uh, I was still doing my, you know, getting out, doing my cross country, you know, doing my all my training, um, and then just having having exciting races. Yeah, that's what that's what I think helped yep. me a lot. Did you have some training partners there that you that were sort of pushing you along, like, or were you sort of leading most of the sessions, or um, around that time? Ooh, you're asking a guy to invest investigate his memory bank which <laughs> you know being being distance runners so sure in greenies camp who yeah. were the strong runners at uh, your... well we had so it changed a bit so yeah. it, in the when i first started so um uh jeremy roth um and myself were in the group uh russell's chin was there um around this time i think maybe we had um blair martin was there nick cope was there I know somewhere around that time, when I started was when I started with them in um, 2002, I think maybe late 2001. Um, I had Kim Gillard, there was Dave Evans, there was there's there quite a few guys there. Um, as we sort of transitioned a little bit further, I think Dave Byrne might have come in at that point as well. And then as we started to get more towards um, 2010. Um, to 2012, we started to see people like um, Nippa come along, um, Brad um, Losevich, um, yeah. So it kind of cycled a, a bit. Um, it's hard to keep track of who who mm. was there and 
and when they were there. But yeah, we've always had a quality a quality group. Um, each, you know, when I when we did the long stuff, it tended to that played to my strengths. Yeah. Um, when we did the shorter stuff, it played to theirs. But what it meant was they were dragging me along. Remember the 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 ten by four hundred uh, session. Jeremy and Nipper be at the be at the front of that session, and I'd be hanging on for grim death. But it'd be ben- you know it'd be pulling benefit out of that. Um, and then same thing when we do threshold and and longer you know K reps and things like that where short recoveries. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, we had it. I think it depended on upon the session. Um, we always had uh, we were always pushing ourselves and pushing each other yeah. i think sometimes we tended to do what everyone tends to do when they go down to falls creek and train with everyone else from around the country you tend to race a little bit more in your training mm. so you tend to squeeze it a little bit probably too much but it worked well and being being young <laughs> you recover a lot quicker um so yeah no it, it worked quite well um i will i wouldn't say you know even if i was leading sessions it was the ones that played into into what I was doing uh, and what my strengths were. Um, but I was never, you know, running off the and disappearing off the front. We were, we were, we were always training well together. Yeah, yeah. Did you sort of have a training philosophy along the lines of, you know, not, not absolutely bury yourself in training and so you got something to live for on race day or? Yeah. Ooh, well, I tended to actually train quite badly. Like I couldn't. I'd always rise, like, if you saw what my training was like earlier on, um, you'd go, how do you get the race results you get? Um, because I just, I'd convert it a lot better. Um, being that I was, when I was younger, you recover, and so I kind of didn't notice much. But then what I always, always um, concentrated on was, I never wanted to feel uncomfortable when I ran. And so I always wanted to feel relaxed. So I really worked on being relaxed. And what ended up happening was as I got fitter, it meant that when we do 10, 20 minute threshold type efforts, I could be relaxed. And so it would be a lot, you know, I'd always make sure that if I got dropped, it didn't matter because I'm running relaxed or if I run at the front, I'm not trying to drop everyone. And so that was probably the main thing that I learned was that just staying relaxed from mm. a distance runner's perspective is what's going to work for me. Is it more, are you more relaxed in the mind or are you saying try to try relax with the body or, or both? With the body, yeah. both. Mm. Um, I guess and it's one of the things I tried to – I did it, not thinking about it, but I did it. Um, I disconnected my – upper body from my lower body in terms of I kept everything nice and relaxed. Let the legs keep pumping away, but everything above the waist was nice and relaxed and which then meant my mind, like I wasn't worried and that kind of stuff. Um, but I think it's potentially part of how I think, I guess, um, and how I uh, do things. Um, I never consciously thought about it. It was only on reflection that that's kind of how I did it. Um, and then it became, I think that's what, became crucial when I when I did start to do the really longer stuff that you had to be relaxed. If you were tense at all, it was just going to knock you for six. Yeah, yeah. Mate, 2008, um, you know, you ran that PB for the 3,000-metre steeple that we've spoken about. You got second uh, at the National Cross. Who, who picked it along that, that day? Marty. I think Marty it was. got you? Okay. It was in Geelong. Yeah, it was in Geelong. Yeah, yeah. Marty got 
yeah, he got me back. So, um, yeah, I, I got I, I, I won in 2007 at yeah. Urban him, and then he came back in Geelong, and he ran a great race there mm. and just, yeah, put me on the ropes early. I was running well, but just he just ran so much better. Mm. Um, good course down there, actually. Was it more hills in, in Geelong? Um, I don't know the okay. park. It's at, the, it's at South Geelong. Yeah. It's the... I want to say like it's not the oh, I don't think it's Botanic Gardens, but it like it it's that south park at the south end of, of Geelong, so um, it was good there. Mm. Um, so yeah, I picked up a, a silver medal. So yep. um, and in the end, I ended up actually with uh, the follow. I think the following year, I ended up with bronze. I think in '09. I think um, I've got the full. I've got I, I've got gold, silver, and bronze. I know I've got the full collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice, mate. Um, 2009, 805 for three, uh, 1407 for 5,000 up in Sydney. You love Sydney. Um, you always run well in Sydney. Must be the homeboy. Um, Zatapec finishing fourth in 2819. And uh, and you're in your PB up uh, for the half up on the goalie there with a 6244. And you also picked up uh, an Aussie singlet for the world halves over in Birmingham, England, running 64-16. So let's just uh you can discuss any of those or jump straight to the world halves it's up to you 2009 was a good year mm. it was a good vintage um yeah so that year um yeah like we touched on a few of those like my 10 my 10k and my, my half marathon they, they were quite good it was my mm. you know my purple patch year it was the year that I, you know i was planning for a marathon and put, you know, that was the goal. Um, so some of the shorter distances, I still ran quite well, but mm. they weren't the focus. And yep. so that was good. It was encouraging. Um, so the world, the, the world half was, um, was interesting. Um, yeah. So, oh, but before I actually, before I talk about that, and you mentioned around, yeah, I love Sydney. Mm. Um, the main reason, um, I do a, did a lot of running. My running and racing in Sydney was I worked. I've worked full time. I've never. I, I've I've always worked like forty forty five hours a week. Um, admittedly, it's you know it's an office job and it's IT, but um, I've worked all throughout. So I have to strategically take annual leave, um, and so I can't be you know, gallivanting all over the country. I, di- I didn't get afforded the luxury you know, of, of going and doing track seasons overseas, but that, you know, and that was the choices that I made. I, I kind of wanted to look after my career um, uh, post-running. Mm. Um, so that was where I, I laid my focus, and so that's why I, I, so many of my races were actually in Sydney and some the major ones like uh, yeah, a half marathon, I'll, go, I'll chase you know, it would be targeted uh, rather than just chase any old race anywhere. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, with that leave, yeah, Birmingham, Birmingham was good as, um, yeah, uh, as a singlet. It's actually, it's actually um, my second singlet. I actually had back in 2004 uh, Chiba Ekaden Relay. I got to represent there. Okay. Um, so that, that was that was interesting. That was my first introduction to. Um, Japan and overseas travel and all that kind of stuff. So that was that was quite good back then. That was just if you don't know the Ekaden relay, um, six people. I think it's six people. Um, it's all split different distances, and you run the total marathon distance. Um, it was it was good fun, good fun, interesting, but good fun. 
but yeah, 2009, uh, Birmingham. Um, Who was on the team was, with you that year? In... 09, yeah, Bir- at Birmingham. Oh, yeah. 09, in Birmingham. Uh, really? I only had um, female... I feel so bad. Cassie. <laughs> Cassie, I think her name was. Yeah. I think. She's defense force. She did a lot of her running on um on a treadmill. Okay. Funnily enough. Um so yeah. Um Clint Parrott probably should have been selected and taken. Um I think he ran quite well. He ran a sixty four minute, so low sixty four minute, I think. Um, half marathon. Uh and he probably should have been picked. I don't know the logic behind it, but um, I speculate potentially with the fact that I'd had 62.44. You had Marty who'd ran 62.30 or something like that. Shelley who'd ran 62.20 kind of, well, we only, you know, uh, Athletics Australia, you know, with the performances, they want to send, you know, people there only, you know, if there's a minute and a bit different, minute and a half difference between the two of us, I think that might have, Persuade it, so I should have had a, tra- a partner there, but I didn't. Um, the race was uh, interesting. Um, it was my first big event, and um, I remember going through the first five k in fourteen thirty something, I think it was, and just going, oh. Oh no, <laughs> this is a bit quicker. Mm. And um, and then I was still like, it was, and I was at the back of a big pack. It was like a hundred people, I think, were in a, at the time. And then they just then then the the big wigs um, just upped it. And then um, I never, you know, like the the field just strung out, and they just they just went so so quick. But I remember all the a lot of guys, I remember just picking off people over the, once I started to hit 10 mile that had gone with the pace and were just basically walking um, towards the end. And it was really eye-opening um, to see that um, the different levels of athlete that there is in the world that, you know, I'd gone out quite well. I'd, um, I was holding a decent pace, but, um, just picking up t-shirts at the back, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, I, I finished, I was a little bit dejected. You know, I only ran 64, I think 64, 16 or 64, 26, something like that. Yeah, 16. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, so I was a long way from my, from my best. And I just thought to myself, I, you know, I haven't, I didn't bring my A game. Um, wasn't good enough, you know, Okay. But this is not my goal. This was a byproduct. Um, I got lucky. I ran, happened to run quick. You know, if I'd ran probably what we expected, you know, we probably expected me to run, I think it was around 64 or 65, um, would it, we were going to be happy with going up at Gold Coast and I ran quicker. I think we, pl- we got this unexpected ticket. Uh, to go and race. Um, and we probably underestimated where I was in my cycle. Um, but we knew the big game was February. And so we, you know, we took the positive. 
uh, a good experience. I got to see what it's like to race at an international level, uh, and we moved on. Um, but yeah, it was it was good to have a uh, have another Aussie single. It had been a number of years, um, and it, it showed that everything was still working. Yep, yep, for sure. Um, you mentioned two thousand seven was a good year, and I mean, there's a lot of few good years here. But let's talk about two thousand ten because. It looks like a fantastic year, mate. Um, there's a lot going on there. Um, a purple patch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you call it a purple patch for sure. If if if, if that's if that's what it is, mate. Um, Eight thirteen twenty five for three thousand meter club championships in Sydney. You finished second. Uh, well, who who beat you? Can you remember? Yeah, uh, Jeremy Roth, training partner. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> By much? Couldn't have been a lot in it. Uh, I can't remember actually. Okay. Can't remember. He could, um, he could he could kick. I couldn't. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. For sure. Um, then, as we mentioned, off to uh, BP, where you ran your two eleven even. Um, and like you said, it was New South Wales record eleventh fastest in Australian history. Uh, the fastest, as we mentioned, by Aussie on debut, and the fastest uh, for seven years. Um, now. Jack Rayner got close, didn't he? Within six seconds. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, mean, I was I was watching that closely. Trust me. Two eleven oh six in in London. Uh, what last year wasn't it? Two thousand nineteen. Yeah. 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 Um. So yeah, he got close, but uh, yeah. Actually, I'm going to ask you before we move on. Who, who do you reckon who's floating around at the moment is going to run two oh seven? Well, Brett with his half marathon has shown. Yeah. He could. He's got. He's got the ability. Yeah, that's there. what I'm thinking too. Um, yeah. And he's got he's got his he's got his two ten. Mm. Uh, I think two ten fifty five, maybe. Yeah, he's, he's a little bit quicker than me. Mm. Um, the the if you look at historically and you look at half marathon to marathon, mm. um, Tedesi, mm. who's the half marathon world record holder, mm. um, couldn't convert it yep. really yep. quality one um you know so it's not to say like he ran he ran i mean he still ran pretty quick but um you just don't know it's such a the the half marathon it's a hard benchmark to yeah. to try to get your get your full marathon yeah brett and brett and jack have been actually uh, you know a sort of you know i follow my strava mm. uh, you know and occasionally do, do you know, as everyone does, a little bit of Strava stalking. Mm. But it's interesting to see some of their training. Like they're definitely training very well, and they're training like the new the new ways of training for a marathon. A lot of a lot of the high speed, um, longer uh, longer reps. Like I think Renata Canova um, has done a lot of like the forty k at super quick pace. You know, like it's just amazing, and and it seems to convert very well. Mm. Um, one of the people that I think we should look it up for in the future um, is Stuart McSwain. Yeah, you, had, you, you had to mention him for sure. I mean, I was going to say, like, like you mentioned before, some of them don't convert over, but, yeah, it's just – it he, looks exciting. Looks <laughs> but he's he's got to be careful to not and, – and this is – my opinion mm. is that he's running so well mm. on the track mm. is that um, he doesn't stay there for too long. Like if you look at a lot of the Africans, they're foregoing the track and going 
you know, like they're skipping straight up to the marathon. Um, he may be, he may be the same as me. Never wants to run a marathon. Who knows? Um, but I think he has the engine. I think he has the efficiency from what I can see. Yeah. Um, but it would be interesting to see. I, I reckon if he decides to do a marathon, I'll be watching intently because I'm, I'm, reasonably confident that he'd be the one to knock my debut record off i'm pretty certain yeah. someone's got to knock it off but i think he's i think he'd, he'd be a good shot um so i'll be watching yeah watching uh in uh closely uh how he progresses because he's running very well yeah yeah exactly and uh hope like hell that uh, we get an olympics next year and um yeah <laughs> i think i think there's a there's a there's is a diamond league that's on this weekend in where is it is it stockholm no there's, I think there's there's a race on this weekend, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm uh, not sure. It's yeah, and the 1500, yeah, you'll be up against um, Jakob Inga Brixton. I don't know if you've been oh, following those boys, but he, he's moving pretty well too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bit crazy, those guys. Yeah, they're training quite well. Yeah, there's a there's a lot, yeah. lot of um, young guys. There is, there is. Mate, Um. all right. World Cross, you made that year as well over there in Poland. Um, that was your first World Cross, wasn't it? First, first, first World Cross. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first, first, and, first and last. Ha, yeah. Um, How'd you find that? that tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's brutal, so, isn't it? It's just the cross country is brutal, isn't it? Especially that stuff. When you look at the quality of runners we send over there, and uh, you know you're struggling to finish in the top fifty. It's just scary. Yeah. It you, it's you, you, your eyeballs out. Mm. for the first couple hundred meters mm. and then you barely slow down mm. um you're like sprinting the whole way um it's muddy mm. um and it's cold. um it's windy but the thing so again it was one of those opportunistic things is that uh, i did the trial i think it was in january and i did well there and i made the team and but what happened was it was um I think six weeks. It was six weeks post Beppu. Mm-hmm. And I'd imagine for yourself and most of your listeners that um, after a marathon, mm. um, you know, you get back into your training, or whatever. But six to eight weeks yeah. after, um, you kind of hit that flat spot. Yeah. Um, and so I the selectors don't, don't look at that and think this guy's going to be coming off. You know? Well, they do, yeah. they do, but they they, they put faith, it on, on you. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much, right? Um, and I, but I didn't know it at the time. I was I was training great. Yeah. Um, but I landed in London, and just went boom, straight into that hole, um, and was just tired. And like, it's not to say I, I wasn't like terrible but i knew i wasn't at my best and it's just that fatigue it's just kind of you're back in training you're up to about six weeks and and you um uh five five, six weeks of training four four weeks of training and your body goes oh oh so oh so we're back into it are we oh oh, hang on i just need to i just need to take some time and and your body sort of goes hang on give me some time and um i think that's what happened um funnily enough i think i finished 100th or 101st or something like that. Ah, yes. Would you like to know why? (laughs) Drug cheats. Oh, okay, gotcha. 
there's been a number of people that have uh, over the years that have been dinged and they they cancelled their cancelled their results. So I okay. so I made the t- <laughs> top. I mean, I'll give it ten years. You might be twenty fifth. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's quite funny to see that. So yeah, we've been joking about that. But yeah, it was it was a tough race. It was a brutal race. Um, you got to hold your own. Um, and it, yeah, it's just it's just very 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 different to. Mm any kind of cross country race you do here. Um, like I said, there's eyeballs out the whole way. There's just no, there's no slowing down. Mm. Like it's just chaotic. Mm. What Aussie guys were there with you? Ooh. Oh, Collis. Uh, I think Clint Parrott was there. Um, Dua Yoa was there, I think as well. Liam Adams, I think was as well. I think, mm. I think, um, five, and I'm so forgetting someone, and I should, I, should stop putting you under pressure, mate. Oh, I'll stop asking. Yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Let's move on. Three weeks after World Cross, mate, you've gone to Perth for the Nationals, um, and you ran fourteen oh eight oh six in the five thousand meters, finishing fourth. Um, with Benny Saints first, Collis second, and Dave McNeil third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's just uh, I went there. I, I I sort of went there with little expectations, you know, because um, I didn't need to. I wasn't try. I wasn't trying to qualify. I had my qualification for the Com Games. Mm. Um, is there just to do another nationals? Because um, I like racing. You know, mm. racing is so much fun, and so I just went there, raced it. Um, I needed to, you know, just just run well and just have fun, and um, it was it was good fun. Um, I would have liked, you know, I I've, I come at nationals like I, I came got awful close to medals sometimes, mm. um, just missing them, you know. Um, better than being second all the time and being bridesmaid, I guess maybe. Mm. Yeah, maybe. the person who's just off the podium, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, I had fun racing, yeah. and, and and I just like to get out there and do it. And there's still a bit that I hadn't focused on fives. It was all long stuff. But you know, I I, I race well. I, I always rise to the the occasion to get the best out of myself uh, at the time that I can. Mm. Uh, I do it again and again. Yep. And then uh, up to the Goldie for the half, mate. You uh, like to heading up there every year. For, uh, it was obviously very good to you. Yeah, uh, finished. Uh, you got the win there, mate. Sixty-three eighteen, beating home uh, Marty Dent by three seconds, mate. That must have been an awesome uh, day out for you. Yeah, oh, it was. It was. Um, it was pretty pretty hectic. We'll, we'll, we'll run run along pretty quickly there, and again, I was just slipped into race mode. And um, you know, whenever Marty's in a race, he always knows it's going to be a solid race. Mm. So. Um, and that was the one that I touched on before where I think my unofficial 5k PB is there at about 1420 or four. I think he said he was 1420. So I was three seconds. So I must've been like 1417 or something like that. But anyway, I'll take 1420. Um, we, we were just rocking along and, you know, um, I was just in race mode and tested. Yeah. It's, it's such a good, like it's an early start. Got it. It's, 6 a.m. start for that half. It's it was something I struggled to get used to, but obviously I did well on the day. But when we raced, we really took off in the last 5k and just 
rocking and rolling. And I think with about a K to go, I, I tested him out and I surged and I could see that I could get a few metres on him and that was all I needed. And um, as we came off the bridge and we duck into, turn into the, you know, what is now the bigger and better aquatic centre, I just launched and managed to run away from him, you know, do the old double one finger salute, you know, like I'm mm. claiming, claiming the Olympics um, to get, you know, one of my, my first Gold Coast uh, half marathon win. And um, it was, it was great. Um, 63.18, I mean, slower than, um, slower than the year before, but I got the win and it was still pretty quick. And yeah, it, it's just good to, cause to cross the line first in something that like is a, it, it's a decent event, you know, in, into clubs and stuff, you kind of like go, okay, yeah, it's a win, but it's not, uh, it's not like a big event. And to win something like um, Gold Coast was was pretty uh, pretty special. Um, which then, you know, I obviously went back again a couple more times. Um, but yeah, so that 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 was that was great. And, it, and uh, yeah, I couple, enjoyed it. A couple of weeks later, Sydney Surf forty one seventeen, finishing yeah. third. That was good. Yep. That was a good one as well. Yep. Um, Who got the, the win that year? That it was between Benny Saint and Michael Shelley. Okay, I think, and I can't, I can't remember who it was. I can't remember who it was, but all I know was the last little bit was like we were just running so fast that day, and um, I still can't believe that I. I did run that fast. Um, it's funny. There's a lot of people that really, really like that 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 event, and I can see why they like the event. Um, the the distance is a bit odd for me. 14k kind of means nothing, um, and it's a funny it's a funny uh, event in that lots of people refer to it as it may be 14k, but the impact of it on your body is more like a half marathon. Um, so we made sure that we recovered after the same, but. Yeah, we, we, we just went hammer and tong at that. And I remember, again, having a bit of those feelings coming down the hill into into Bondi and being in the lead, you know, just you know, a couple of steps ahead and just mixing it up and uh, against – because I think Michael had already ran pretty quick on the course and, again, had no idea I was just of what pace we were on. I was just racing it. And, um, yeah, there was lots of people out and it was it's, – it was probably, um, you know, one of the bigger crowds that I've had for a race, and it was, especially when you're coming through Bondi uh, at the at the at the lead of that field, it's it, it's pretty special, and um, just being able to just run so quick on that course uh, that I actually didn't think I could run that quick on that course. Um, so I think I I think I chopped nearly three minutes off my PB that day, uh, but everything worked. Uh, worked out so well um, yeah. Yeah. and I went back a couple of times and um, you know ran okay um, but that was probably like the best um, run that I did um, the mo- a couple of years later was probably a more unexpected one when I ran about 42 and a half off less than half the training I was doing at the time then yeah. so that was more a surprise but yeah it's 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 a good it's a good distance um and uh, a good distance event in new south wales because you, you can get a lot of people in there and you can have a really big race and um get a lot out of yourself 
Yeah, I'm just looking up here. Benny, Benny, 4105. Got Michael, 4107. I said you, 4117. And then Marty, 14 seconds behind you, 4131. Yeah, I, mean, I think it was a big gap after that. There was a minute for uh, Shane yeah. and Curvis, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Mm. And then, um, yeah, your first um, Com Games, mate, over in New Delhi, running the marathon. Uh, yeah. Finished 13, 225.03. Now, you said you don't love the heat, mate, so Delhi wouldn't have been a nice spot for you. No, it wasn't. It was horrible. Mm. Uh, it was, yeah, horrible. Um, I overcooked it going into it, I think. I think I, I saw how I trained in the lead up to my 211 and, and thought, well, if I do a little bit, you know, like train a little bit harder, um, you know, get a little bit more out of myself in the sessions, um, I think I, there's an element of that. Um, but then also, yeah, the, the hot, the hot weather, the humidity, I think got to me, um, probably also the fact that, um, I travel only when I need to, um, again, partly due to work, but partly due to, you know, habitual, um, being on knowing where I am. Um, you know, AA wanted us to go to a training camp cans to acclimatize um so i ended up being away from work away from home for four weeks um and that probably contributed a bit to it because i was out of my normal routine where i'd you know i'd get up i'd train i'd go to work and then i'd train and then i'd go to bed and so i think that made it hard uh, the way that i raced as well was that i thought i'll race it rather than um, pace it, I guess, and so that probably added to it as well, because um, I think I got dropped, I got dropped from the lead pack at about 17k, um, and I was just, it was done, and I just got slower and slower and slower. Um, it was not, an, it was not an exciting course. I will tell you that much. Mm. Uh, it changed so many times uh, in the lead up to it, and then it ended up being two and a half k out one way, and then back. And then two and a half k out the other way and back. It was a so basically we were running on about a five k stretch of road out and back each side yeah. with the finish in the middle. Um, it was just boring, um, and um, yeah, it was just not not pleasant. It was hot. It was early as well. Again, I was not really. I mean, some of my results do 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 um, debate that I'm not fast early in the morning, but. It was an early morning start, and I'm not an early morning person. Um, so, yeah, it was a good experience to go there. Um, kind of a race that I'd probably rather forget. Not as much as I'd rather forget yep. Seoul the following year. Mm-hmm. Um, not Seoul, um, Daegu the following year. But, yeah, um, not very pleasant. Um, do you get to, obviously, oh, the marathon's at the end of the match. Do, do, do you get to hang out a fair bit and watch a lot of it or they keep you away from, from all the festivities or how's it work? So, so when, we were in, when we were there, um, uh, we're in the village and um, so they got, it's on the telly, you get special. So you know how you have like, you know, Channel 7 or Channel mm. 9 or Channel 10, Fox, mm. whatever, doing their coverage. Um, we get uh, in the in the village you get uh, event channels. So if I if I wanted to sit there and just watch long jump all day, I could just watch long jump. Okay. All right. And and so it's it's kind of good like that, right? Um, so you could 
observe those. Now, when we're in Delhi, it was pretty much you don't go anywhere. Aside from the official events we had to go to, you don't go anywhere until after your event. Now, I'm last day, so I don't get to do anything. So I'm locked in this village, uh, um, running around the, vil- the village um, rather than going out. And, um, you know, you kind of get trapped there. Um, every- I don't get to see, um, you know, no sightseeing or anything like that. So people got to go to Taj Mahal and stuff like that, but I couldn't do it because it wasn't, I couldn't do it until after my event. So you do get a bit cooped up and you get a bit of cabin feverish. Um, so it's a little bit unfortunate, but that's the, you know, the nature of it and the fact that, you know, they like to end championships with the marathon. Um, it's kind of what we buy into and, uh, mm. the, the, the illustriousness of, of it. So you kind of, you're there to do a job, even though it's not my job job, but yeah. you're there to do a job and achieve an outcome. So you kind of, you just cover it on the chin and move on. Yep. What about food intake? Like, are you going down, like, just eating out, out of uh, out of the main diner or the Aussie team have their own little kitchen with their own food, their own little um, people are preparing food for you or? No, they've got, they got the, the village uh, the village food, like a big food hall um, mm. that they have. Um, you can obviously go and get the, 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 the crap food that's there as well. But, um, yeah, they've got the meal times and stuff like that because they've obviously got to switch over and stuff. But basically you can just keep going back and forth. And that's one of the things that um, uh, have caught out athletes in the past, which is mm. through boredom, you eat, mm. right, yeah. and, and, and then you put on weight. Um, so you've got to be aware of that. You eat, you know, try to keep it to the same structure. Yeah. Um I tended to just eat as close to what I would normally eat, which is good because they have all different um, – because they've got all different people from all different cultures coming in, they've got all different kinds of food. So I could still mix it up a little bit like what I would do at home, yeah. you know. I have my curries, have my steak and veg, have my, you know, pasta dishes, you know, mix it all up and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's not too bad. Yeah. Um, you could do that and you could be you could be very careful around what you eat and then once you <laughs> – once you do your once you do your race, then you then you can eat the junk food. It's kind of crazy, yeah. Are there any athletes that don't eat out of the dining hall? Are they actually that, you know, that full on. They want to be preparing all their own meals. Do you know? Uh, probably. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. Know. I don't know any of them personally. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I would assume that there would be. Mm, um, mm, mm. There have to be. They're, yeah. They just. They just have to. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I've never, I've never come across any of them. Yeah, yeah. As long as the same bowl can get his uh, chicken McNuggets, he'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Or one of the things which um, I was told, I think it was, you know, when Jeremy Roth told me, I think he went to World Cross in 04, I think, or maybe 05, I can't remember. Um, and it was when one of Bikili won his multitude of double World Cross country titles. Anyway, he remembers seeing him sitting there at, at, at like lunch or breakfast or something like mid-morning or before before World Cross, eating hot chips, yeah, and just going what? And, you know, he's eating healthily and and he's peculiarly eating hot chips before he goes out and destroys the world's best. And yeah. you kind of go, that's interesting, yeah. you know. Yeah. So you got to have... Oh, well, when you're on holiday, Tim, it's, he's away from home and he's, he's surrounded by all this type of food. He's like, why not? You've got to take advantage of it. Yeah, well, I think on the on the day that I ran my 28.19, I had... See, again, I try, you try not to change what you're eating and I had, on the day of my 28.19, I ate for lunch um, chicken schnitzel and salad 
um, burger with um, some hot chips. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I was comfortable and I and I tested those things out. Yeah. Because we trained at night, I yeah. tested those out like by having lunch yeah, when yeah, I worked. Yeah. So you know what works. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'll just touch on it quickly because you can go on for hours nutrition. But I was just thinking back back to um, when you ran your two eleven. Um, obviously, um, you know, it was awesome, but you were just saying you were just, you know, in the zone, just 5k drink, 5k drink. Were you just taking in liquid hydration? Were you taking in gels at that stage or? So, um, my, it was just liquid. However, in four of them, I think. So I had my eight drink bottles out, and you never take the forty k out. But um, I had, um, I think the ten k, the twenty k, the thirty k. I had uh, goo mixed in with my water. Yeah, okay. So I'd actually filled it up, shaken it up, and so it was so it was goo water. Um, and then the other the other ones, the five, fifteen, twenty five, thirty five, was uh, Gatorade. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So yeah, at that point in time, yeah. I hadn't. Um, yep. I didn't strap uh, goo gels or carry goo gels or anything like that. I mixed them in. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, 2011. They've got the Goldie win now. Um, off to the World Half Marathon champs again in Korea in September. Now they've got you down as a DNF. Yes. Tell us um, about. <clears throat> so that DNF was at 30k. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I went over there and I raced and I was in good form. Um, I think I did a, like, this is another good one that shows marathon strength and stuff like that was I went um, nine days before it. I just did a solo 3K time trial and ran 8.13 and was like, okay, sweet, I'm good, I'm fast, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Um, on the track, of course. Um, and I went into the race and I was just running along and, um after the first lap so it was it was a 15k 15k and then a 12k or 12.195k loop um my cars just started getting tight and i had no idea what was going on and then but literally i think by 29k i just i'd been reduced to a hobble i hobbled to the 30k mark because we were doing laps and just stepped off because I just couldn't move. Um, I'd never experienced any kind of cramping like that before. Um, had no idea what it was. Um, we still don't really know what it was because after I, I came back and I started to see um, my my Cairo after um, who he was he was looking. And I know to people that listen probably sounds counterintuitive. He was probably closer to an osteo than a caro, but um, he started looking at my calves and um, that was my introduction to dry needling. Mm. Um, he checked out my calves and was just like, holy crap. Like we couldn't figure out, what, they were rock solid. Like they were just so tight. So then I got introduced to, he started doing some dry needling. I'm not kidding you. I think I had it twice a week mm. for six weeks mm. and it, they finally came good. Um, it just something triggered in them um, while I was running um, and that's what caused my DNF. I just literally couldn't run a step and that was just, I don't want to say humiliating, but you get what I'm 
they're getting at. Like mm, I had mm. to DNF at a major championship. So it yeah. was like, yeah. um, it just, it sucked. And, yeah. um, and, but it was out of my control. It wasn't like I made a bad tactical error. Mm. It wasn't that I ate something wrong. Mm. It was just that my body just said, yeah, I've had enough. Mm. So it sucked. And I was not, I was not happy, um, at all. Um, Did you have to pull the singlet off, mate? <laughs> I did pull it off um, <laughs> as I stepped off. Um, you know, um, I get the 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 the, the significance of, mm. of of doing it. I did it at the time because that's what it was. Mm. Um, you know, um, what, what, no, I, I don't think they really know. People really knew, and it didn't matter because it really wasn't on uh, screen. I didn't leave my single there though. Yeah, but. yeah, nah. So Korea would have been hot too. Uh, yeah, hot and humid. Mm-hmm. Uh, not more humid than hot. Yep. Um, I think that was more, um, more the factor that was killing me. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, mate. Two thousand twelve, the Olympic year. Um, qualification window is wide open. You've gone back to Beppu. You ran two thirteen nineteen. Yeah. Pretty close to the exact time you ran there uh, the year before. Um, off to Hamburg, uh, end of April, and you ran two fourteen nineteen, so just uh, exactly one minute slower. Um, so tell us about about what was going on, what the other boys had ran, um, what you thought you'd have to run to, to make the uh, Olympic team for for London. So, so I think I think we were told. I think it was two twelve at the time. Mm. We were told we had the run, um, and I rocked up. And I, um, you know, obviously I ran my two thirteen nineteen, and oh, I was dirty. I um, I I was just like, come on! It's like, you know, two eleven, two thirteen fourteen, two thirteen nineteen. It's like, oh, come on! Mm. And um, and the first thing um that happened was um, you know, there's always things that you know conversations that happen behind closed doors and stuff like that and um in a nutshell um ken was told that uh, can't can't say he's not going to be selected can't say he's going to be selected you know this kind of stuff you Mm. know so basically it was like jeff keep training so literally um i think i had so that was a Sunday. The Monday I had off. Tuesday I was back just running normal. I just I just straight out for an hour run. And I was running angry too. So, like, I was running faster uh, than what I normally would do an hour run. And um, and so I just started training again and just jumped straight back into it. This is after um, Hamburg you're talking or after no, Beppu? No, this is after Beppu, yeah, yeah, the yeah. first one. And yeah. so it was like, okay, hit my manager because I had a manager, um, Derek Frude, um, New Zealander who lives in – in, in the States, uh, Posso Sports um, is the management company. And he and I said, find me another race. I need another race. And we were, we were spitballing different ideas of what we could get into um, and ended up being Hamburg. Um, but the only support that they give me was the couple of nights in, um, in the, the hotel. And I'm like, that's fine. Um, I paid my way over. And basically, I just trained like a nutter. And so I had 11 weeks. 12 weeks to train. Um, now this is, you know, most marathon runners to a year. If you want to get the best out of yourself, um, well, from an elite perspective, that's what we, we would do. 
Um, Yuki Kawachi mm, does something different. <laughs> does one that does two a week. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, so got in there, trained, stuck in, and 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 just went okay. I've I've just got to do it. Um, and so then you know rock up the Hamburg and run two fourteen nineteen, and then then I was even I was even dirtier. I was just like oh. Oh, this is just this just sucks, right? And I, I, I was just I was just angry, and so I was just like, ah, I'm not I'm not training. I'm having some time off. Um, couldn't tell you what the other boys ran. I think um, Marty was just outside, maybe, um, and um, Michael Shelley might have actually run the time. He might have ran two eleven forty or something like that. I can't remember, and. Um, then all I know was about oh, six days later or something like that was was getting um, getting my coach message uh, called me and said I think you need to start training. Um, Marty texted me um, about or oh, five minutes after. Um, it was quite funny because we we both got notifications on our phone on our Twitter accounts that the Australian Olympic team was following us. And we, we joked with each other, said either this is a sick joke or <laughs> so we started training and then sure enough, you know, um, we got picked in the team. Now the problem was I'd done two marathons in 12 weeks mm. and I had 13 weeks to get ready. Mm. Um, and so training, I didn't go as aggressive. Um, started building it back up. Um, was training quite well. Um, but then basically by the time I got to, you know, within that week, uh, two weeks of, of London, I think the body's just gone, dude, I can't do this. Mm. Um, I'm just tired. Um, and I think either I, either I got my peak wrong or yeah, or I was just flat and couldn't sustain it and did the race and it's, the best race I've ever done, it, like in terms of experience, yeah. like the crowd, the it was just it was just so noisy. There was one section where we come off uh, the 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 Mall heading down toward the Thames. Um, the road sort of zigzagged, and there's so many people in there. I couldn't see where the road went, and it was so loud in there I couldn't hear myself think. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just amazing. It was phenomenal. Um, I raced as well as I could. I tried to pace myself. Um, I tried to semi-race, uh, you know, in little groups that I got in. Um, uh, but I hit 30K and, and, and the body just said, yeah, I've had enough. Um, I stopped twice in the last 10K. The thing, and this is what why I really appreciate that race, is the crowd was so big, so noisy, so phenomenal that they are what got me going. Like I remember hearing people saying, come on, you've got to finish. You can't stop. You can't stop. Come on, you got this. And I just remember starting again um, and just keep going. And it was it was just terrible. Like it felt so – I felt so tired, so sore. Um, but I just kept going and it got me to the end. Mm. And I'm really glad because that sure I, I think I was there's a hundred starters. I'm going to round the number. 
um, there's about 100 starters, about 80 finished, and I was 63rd or 4th or something like that. Mm. Um, so, you know, 20% dropped out and I beat another 20%. So it's not all bad. Yep. Um, but, you yes, know, 60, not, 63rd in 229.59 just for the listeners. Yep. It was just, yeah. So yep. it's not it's not the way I had planned to have an Olympic experience. Yep. Yep. Um, it's not the only Olympic experience that I wanted to have. Mm. Um uh, but it is what it is. Um, I got to experience it. I got to reach the Olympics. I got to go there. So it's nothing to be to be balked at. Um, I appreciated it. Um, I just know that I didn't bring didn't bring my A game. Um, you know, it was outside my control of why um, we gambled. Um, mm. You know, and this is part of you know where the the the, the disagreements with uh, you know with AA around you know because they were always setting harder standards and what the general standard was, stuff like that. But, you know, I, was, I ran to 11. I should have been able to run it again. Um, was the logic in our head. Mm. So, you know, it's only on me. And um, But, yeah, like I said, I got to go there. And I, I did do my best I, I that I could on the day, but it just wasn't my best, um, which sucked. Um, mm. But I got to be there. Yeah, to be yeah. There. yeah definitely. Um, do you think some of it was just those – Back to back, I mean, six weeks separating those two marathons leading in that oh. might have might left you a bit flat and you couldn't recover from. Or I think that's I think that's probably what it was. I think it's just the it's that February marathon, mm. 11, 11 weeks, thirteen weeks, um, mm. just trying to keep it going. Mm. The again, like I said, I, I wasn't I wasn't taking time off to to, to train. Mm. Uh, you know, I took a little bit. I took a. I think I had one day a week off. Um, and I worked from home one day a week uh, once I was in the Olympic team mm. um, to try to help myself, to give myself a little bit more extra recovery. Mm. Um, so who knows what, if I hadn't had that, mm. who knows what my result would have mm. been. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, um, I think it's just a cumulative effect, I, I, I think. Um, and also the pressure um, and knowing in the back of my mind, the psychological part, um, knowing in the back of my mind that I'd already done two and yeah. I was up for my third and, so we, and we're only halfway through the year. Yeah. I mean, you get pretty tuned in with how your body should feel um, certain sessions and throughout the weeks. Were you? Did you feel flat heading in, into London? Or <laughs> no, no, oh, okay, no, no. I thought I was. I I thought um, I was still training quite well um, when I was in um, in our, sort of our training camp before we went into the village. Um, was when I first got a bit of an inkling something was up was some of my runs where I was like, mm, feeling a bit sluggish, you know, do my monofartlek and I could hit the, I could hit a really good pace in the effort, but the recovery mm. where I'd normally only drop a little bit, I had to drop heaps and I was kind of going, this is a bit weird. Yeah. Um, but I've sort of played around with monofartleks before where I would go super quick and then sort of jog, um, you know, to, to, to make it more of an interval than a, than a fartlek session. Yep, yep. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, mate, let's move on to 2013. Um, Boston Marathon, the year of the bombing. So, um, yes. it's the one we'd all like to uh, forget. Um, you finished eighth, mate. This is a pretty good result. Like, eighth in Boston, 214.28. Um, that's bloody good. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, I was pretty. I was about happy and annoyed with it. Um, so. Um, it was good conditions that year, wasn't it, from memory? It, yeah. Okay. That one, um, 
it's cold. Man, it gets cold yeah. uh, at the start. Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember, I warmed up. I had so many layers on. I, I've never worn that many layers before or since. Um, it was just like I had a, I had a, uh, an undershirt, a long sleeve shirt, my tracksuit top, a jumper on top of that. I was wearing gloves. I was wearing a beanie, a thick beanie, um, and then I had long tights on, tracksuit pants. Um, warming up and it was just like oh this is cold but then of course you strip light right the way off because once you got in the sun oh mm. it was nice mm. um it from a crowd perspective it's second only to london olympics like 26 miles of just crowds just the whole way it was phenomenal um great experience um and because it's there's no paces it was it was really interesting uh race uh so i could actually race it um it's yes it's sure it's net downhill <laughs> overall but man there's some good climbs in it and there's good rolling um i paced quite well and and i i set out to try and run a pb on the course and the the, the benefit i have of my my pb is if you try to do it in met in um yeah, in your metric so per kilometer uh, i have it's 306.2 Per kilometer try to do it in miles five yeah five okay. minutes yeah. so, so where am i racing i'm in america what does america use imperial what are the markers miles hey five ten fifteen twenty twenty five thirty so that was how i could just yeah. I, could, I, I could concentrate on that on that and so you know just paying attention and, and watching it and no, i was i was going great yeah with about five miles ago um you know, everyone sort of strung out by then. Yeah, qu- my right quad started to to, to to lock up on me, and it started to get tough. Um, but I, you know, kept going into the into the finish. And yeah, two fourteen twenty eight. Um, I would have liked a little bit higher because obviously it means a little bit more dosh, a little bit faster, that kind of stuff. Um, mm. A couple of my now good now mates, um, you know, like in in that race that I, you know, it was a good race. I got to meet uh, Jason Hartman that I met. I think he came fourth. Um, Another guy, Rob Watson, who he's, he's still kicking around. Uh, doing, uh, he's Canadian. Um, he, he was in there and he was doing a lot of the leading early on. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a, it was a Tri- great Troopy event. was there that year too. He went 15th, 217.52. Did you see you spend much time with Troopy? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> okay, didn't even see him. <laughs> well, I don't recall it actually. <laughs> okay, yeah, he must have been staring at, the, at your backside, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Oh. There you go. I didn't even don't remember, but yeah, yeah, there's a number of things I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we finished, and yeah, that was uh, yeah, fin- finished, rolled across, and then just you know, hobbled back to because we weren't staying. You know, we were staying like a couple blocks over from there, and just, you know, just went back and got in the apartment. And, yeah, sitting in a bath, wallowing in my wallowing in my own self pity, going, <laughs> "Damn, I'm sore." Yeah. Um, you know, and then, yeah, and then, then the, the events happened and, um, I just remember, so where we were, there's a bit of construction site up the, the, the vibration and stuff. I thought they'd drop some big column or something like that. Mm. Um, and I didn't think much of it. And then my phone starts beeping like crazy within the next sort of bit. And I'm still lazing in the bath. I hear knocks at my door. I'm like, Oh, okay, whatever. Anyway, I finally get out and I'm, you know, look at my phone i'm like oh i start looking and then 
online and they're talking about it and I'm like, oh, okay, that would explain the message. Like my, my, one of my mates, one of my work colleagues said, oh, my God, are you okay? I'm like, I've done marathons before. Yeah, I'm fine. Mm. Like a little bit sore. He goes, no, and sends me the bullet and I'm like, what? And um, so then I ring, ring, the, yeah, um, ring the wife to, to say who's pregnant with our first child due to due in the next month and um she thinks i've rang um i've i've i've, I've gone out on the booze and i'm i'm ringing her um drunk and yeah, okay. and she's angry on the phone and i'm like no 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 <laughs> i'm ringing you to tell you that i'm okay yeah. and um you know so then i go surface outside and, and then the the organizers like oh okay good we thought you were there because we thought we could hear um hear the shower going so we thought you were okay um, but good your last one we ticked you off i then see my manager and he said he was standing you know observing out over looking over boston and then felt the vibration saw the thing and went because he was looking at his window said i'll oh, just move back away from my window now mm. um and then yeah um everything you know goes into a bit of chaos and um after party which is apparently awesome gets cancelled, all these kinds of things. City goes into lockdown, military are there, all the sightseeing that I'd normally do the following day couldn't happen. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really interesting um, time. It, it's it's the main thing that people remember when they say, um, when you say you've done Boston Marathon, what year, 2013? Oh, oh, that year. Oh, ha- And people ask me about it, mm. you know, that say don't really know um, me Um the level that I ran, mm. I'm like, I was through. I was an hour and a half. I was kicking back in a bath when it happened, so I was, I, I was fine. I said it was, it was w- within the masses. So, yeah. Um, yeah, a bit of a dark. I mean, the ironic part is, I think we got lax um, as a, 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 as for an, for events because I think everyone was ready for it to happen at London, mm. at London Olympics, and it didn't happen. I think people got complacent. Um, you still can't prepare um, or cover all bases, um, but I think that could have been, you know, part of it. They just thought, oh, well, maybe these things are not going to happen, and they did. So a bit of a dampener, but, yeah, otherwise, very good race. Um, I, I wanted to go back again the following year, but um, I got labral tear, which, well, actually, I, got, I tore my labral um, about four times throughout the next year it kept healing and i kept running through it um and so but i yeah didn't get never got to go back um but i really would have loved to it's a great course it's a great event um it's a great city um skip out on a couple of those years where they were super hot or um uh that horrible raining one Ugh, they can have that i got good i got good conditions yeah 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 for sure um Mate, I'm just want. I'm taking up so much of your time, but there's so much to talk to. We'll just go. Uh, f- uh, 2014, you've gone back to the goal. You ran the half, 66:44, finishing seventh. Yeah. Um, 2015, you finished second in the city morning half, 67:35. Who got you that day? Liam, Liam. Adam. I thought you'd say Liam. Yeah. By a long way, it was like it was it was daylight. Nighttime, oh, daylight, yeah, nighttime. I, yeah, I remember. There was, there was, and there was minutes separating the top three. Like the bloke behind you was minutes behind you too, wasn't he? Yeah, I think it was. I think it might have been Matthew Cox who was behind me. He was in third, I think, from memory. But anyway, yeah, it was. Uh, 
each year got progressively slower with my half marathons. And mm-hmm. I guess to a certain extent up to that point, my head sort of wasn't in the game. I had a little girl who, you know, was my focus um, and was just, you know, uh, I, I wanted to spend more time with her and I was neglecting myself a little bit, um, not training as consistent. Um, and by that point was actually uh, coaching myself. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to 2016, another Olympic year. Um, you got to Hamburg, you ran 216.09 uh, <laughs> yeah. for, your, for a bit of a push for another um, singlet for Rio. Um, what sort of time that again there did you think you sort of needed to get that ticket to Rio? Um, uh, well, I kind of knew about 214. And I thought I was going to be able mm. to run that. Um, I'd done a lot less mileage, but a lot less. Um, you remember I t- touched on earlier talking about Brett and Jack running a lot longer mm. at higher pace. Mm. I was doing a lot more of that. I'd started following some um, some different mixing and matching some different programs and doing some longer, harder stuff. Um, lot, hardly any double running um, uh, through the lead up to it. Um, and I was probably only doing around 120, 130K a week, um, but it was intense and long. Um, and so I thought I needed to run 214. And so that was what I set sail at in, in that race. Um, and it was, you know, I knew the race. I knew how it panned out. I knew um, where I could go aggressive and where I couldn't, um, where I'd have to be patient. Um, I was in the paste, a paste group for a German guy um, that if I stayed with that one, it was okay. And they sort of were going all right, and um, but then I just had to push on from about halfway, and I was doing I was doing well, and I did kind of um, surprise myself in a way that I could um, could run a decent time again, uh, just because I had been a bit wayward and a bit lax for a couple of years, um, and you know threw my hat in the ring, but. I did know that when I was, I, I, I was doing a lot of mental calculations over those final 10Ks going what I'd need to hold so that I could still run a fast enough time because I think the third, I think Michael was in the 211s, Marty had run 212 at Fukuoka and I think um, Scott Westcott had run 214.30 or something or like that, I think, to yeah, somewhere around there. And uh, I just remember trying to, to – I had to try and run that and just trying to calculate what I need to run. I was still on, still on, still on before then I realised I dropped and I was just, just cramping and cramping and getting t- tighter and tighter. And I finished and I got my 216.09. Um, I thought, well, maybe it's enough. Um, we'll see. Um, you know, I've proven it now at death's door basically at the 11th hour. I've ran – um, faster than Brad, who was in a pretty good position for that. Um, and I think he was 2.16 dead, maybe. Um, uh, but then on the day, he ran 2.18.30. Um, and Scott hadn't ran since. Um, he'd ran Ber- Berlin, I think, in September, where he'd ran that time. So, yeah, so I thought there's only upsides to it. Uh, and I was reasonably happy with my result i would have liked a little bit quicker but it didn't happen um and so then we went into the you know the waiting game yep and um now liam went and scotty westcott went yeah and uh michael shelley wasn't it yeah yeah yep. 
no, no. Was it Liam? No, it was, Mar- it was Marty, I think, wasn't it? No, was it Liam? Rio. Yeah, Liam. no, it was Liam. 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 Sorry. Yep, yep. Too many years, man. Too many years. No, nah, that's all good. Um, yep. Yeah, so, so li- li- yeah. Yep, yep. So, so um, I, now I remember there was there was an appeal by you um, for, for that single. What was that one all about? So the logic behind that was kind of what I touched on just before mm. um, was, yeah, Scott had – there's nothing against the other athletes. Like you don't target the other athletes. It's mm. The selection process for the marathon, it's discretion and it's crap. Um, it's, it's not um, like the way – Discretion, it needs to be black. It needs to be black and white, and it's very, very difficult to do it with marathons unless you have a trial. And um, even still, you know, Americans have shown that it can be problematic. The um, so, I my appeal was based around the fact that um, I felt I'd proven fitness um, since the previous, you know, so like Scott hadn't ran since. Um, like, and he was really the only one that I could bump out and ran for a while. Um, and I thought, look, no one else, no one else has like, I beat Brad. Scott hasn't been running recently. I've shown that I've got it. I've shown my history, you know, my championships is not that great, but, um, you know, maybe I should get picked. Um, it's all meant to be confidential as, um, you know, uh, about what's going on, um, but obviously it was um, leaked by someone at the time, and it wasn't uh, very good. Uh, so I had even bigger issues there with what was going on, mm. and um, yeah, and it just sort of played out. And it was listened to, it was heard, uh, heard by um, um, you know the the committee and stuff like that. But ultimately. Um, I think you know decisions were made, and um, I just had to just had to deal with it. it. And I guess it was the logic in my head just made me think that I should have been the one. And when I didn't, when they didn't see my reasoning, was when I you know, kind of decided I didn't want to run for Australia again. Um, and it's an unfortunate way to kind of you know fall away from fall away from it but um it's 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 how it panned out um and i don't think that the selection process is any better still um so um yeah that's why i kind of moved on so yeah yeah Mm. Yeah, i mean it's obviously uh not the way you wanted it to finish but um i guess some of those things are out of your hands and uh all you could do is is, is is what you did and go there and, and run as quick as you as you could. But um, yeah. Um, now now you say pretty much you know you didn't want to run for Australia again. Yet you kept running. Uh, you know locally. Two thousand seventeen. You've gone back to the Goldie Half. You just love. Actually, I might ask. Why did you? Um, you never tried the Goldie Fall. Is that right? Yeah. No, I did. Two thousand fifteen. I DNF'd. Oh, okay. Right. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you why. Yeah. I about three weeks earlier, I'd been training really well and I was keen for it and I thought this is going to be good. That's what it was going to be. That was my first attempt to try to qualify for 2016. Right. And 
what happened was three weeks before I got out and, and funnily enough, it's now, it's actually up on Strava now. Um, I did a two and a half hour long run and I ran a 3.45 average where it felt like I was walking. Like I felt like I was just jogging. I was just floating and I finished the run. I came inside and I said to Heidi, uh, my wife, I went, uh-oh. And she goes, what? I said, I think I just peaked. Mm. And what happened was I, I kept I kept training um, in the lead up over the next three weeks, but I could just I could just feel myself on the on the on the on the downhill slope mm. away from it. And so when I raced, I took off and what four weeks earlier, you know, sort of like your 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 three ten sort of pace was just a grind. And so I just kept I went down to the turnaround, I came back and I was just getting slower and slower and I barely even made it past halfway and then I just stopped at the at the at the thirty two K mark. I just went, nah, I just what's the point? And so I just stopped. Yeah. So it was uh I got my peak wrong. Yeah, yep. Yep. And that, so, that yeah. must, so I did try. That, I did that must try be, it must be hard to do to, to, to get that right. I mean, that's that's the art form in running, isn't it? Trying to get that right. Yeah, and yeah. it was, you know, I was coaching myself at that point in time, and I have no no coaching background. Mm. Like I said before, I was a dumb athlete. I just said, "What am I doing?" and I did it. So, um, so yeah, me getting the peak right. I didn't know what to look for or how, but yeah. Um, and plus I'd tried some different, different training that time. Mm. And so the reaction to my, um, in my body as to how that works and, and all that was unknown at the time. Mm. <laughs> Turned out I responded to it really well, but also a little bit too quickly. Yep. Yep. Um, Mate, this podcast is going to be good for the marathon uh, trainers. Uh, not that there's any marathons to train for now, but you know anyone's doing three-hour runs, mate. This is going to be a good one for them. Um, mate, I'll just I'll just finish off. Yeah, 2017, you went back to the goalie uh, for the half again. You ran 66.19, finishing 14th. Now that was 30 seconds quicker than you ran uh, 2014, where you finished seventh. So obviously, sort of gaining a bit more depth up there huh. for that goalie half. Do you reckon that was like more the overseas runners coming over to, to get paid to come over or grab some cash or what do you uh, think? I don't know, but um, I'm glad you just pointed out that I actually um, managed to not get slower every single half marathon, so I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a pleasant surprise. Um, I think that there's... I don't know. I don't actually think there was more people coming out. I think there was more domestic guys now running halves and okay. getting up there. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's the the upswing in terms of the number of people that were actually they're doing halves. They're seeing that that, that Gold Coast is a great event to do, um, and yeah, they just started coming out in 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 numbers, and yeah, it turns out that, yeah, you could run a little bit quicker and fin- finish further down the field. Mm, mm. Did they – what, do they pay 10, top 10 up up to the half or how do they pay it up there? Uh, no, I think they pay 
top three. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Not not far. The marathon pays down. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, and yeah, are, are they looking after you? I mean, you know, you you win the thing. Surely you don't have to take too much out of your own pocket the following <laughs> year, or? Uh yeah. So yeah, I yeah I was invited back uh, eleven and twelve, mm. um, and was yeah apparently apparently i think this is i think this is still the case i'm the only back-to-back winner in the history of the event i think i haven't checked the latest results um and so that got me back and then um but then after when i did go back a few later ones um i ryan who would organize the athletes he kind of wanted to assist but i was like nah i said look i i'm not playing like as much as i'd love to do something special mm. i'm not probably not going to so uh focus on just i i'll be happy with an, just an elite start so yeah. make sure that i can get on front and so they did and they and they're good to talk to and um they're very very well well run event mm. i'm assuming i'm assuming you can hear the bike being put on the um a wheel being put on a bike in the background. Oh, okay. Um, I, I was going to say oh, it sounds like Heidi's in the background making your supper, mate. So <laughs> <laughs> no, she's she's getting her bike ready for tomorrow. Oh, okay, so she's in the back, cool. underestimating how loud it actually is um, <laughs> with microphones and microphones and their sensitivity. They are. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that, no, that, that, they do. They look after their athletes. They want to. They, they put on a good a good event. Um, and. You know, they're, they're, they're definitely an event that I, I hope um, make it through um, to next year. Yep, yep. You know, with everything that's gone on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, it's interesting um, for for all the runners. Everyone's just just hanging to get going. Um, like you here in Canberra, I was just touching it. We've still got some events up and running, which is good. Possibly it uh, looks like Canberra Marathon will go ahead in November and we've got lots of track um, track events on 100k ultras, all sorts of things. So there's enough to keep us busy. But um, yeah, for everyone else, we just really want this whole thing uh, to be over with. I think we're only going to get saved by a, by a vaccine. Um, so yep. yeah, a lot of us keen to get back over overseas. Um, but, um, that's the, that's the, that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at the moment, right? Um, as much as it's annoying um, that you got to take all the extra precautions, um, we've been doing it. We've been not going hardly anywhere um you know it we like to go out and do things but we're, we're we're thinking even if there's a chance right that you can get it and you can get sick and you can potentially die i'd ra- i'd rather look like an idiot wearing a face mask around observing 1.5 meters not going to social gatherings um and if it ought to you know if it if if whatever, you know, there's conspiracy theorists think that it's fake. If it turned out to be fake, then so what? I looked like an idiot for a little bit, but I'm still alive. Mm. And um, at the end of the day, with, you know, depending upon what you do, yeah, a lot of the events, I think there's, we just got to, we've got to be patient. Um, we will eventually get back to competing. But as a former elite athlete, you were always scrambling to try to be ready for an event, mm. right? You've got forced downtime. Like, especially in Victoria, you can't go outside for longer than an hour, right? Um, maximize that and 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 work on your base. Work on your – don't take the shortcuts. Work on everything that you've been neglecting mm. and you'll actually come out stronger 
when you can come out. Um, so it's, yeah, it, it forces you to not rush. Mm. Um, mm. Look at the positive. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And I, I was thinking that, and I'm thinking most people will be doing that, working on the weaknesses, you know, getting in the gym that, you know, a lot of runners tend to neglect because they're too busy worried <laughs> about doing that second run or that, that interval session. So, yeah, it's interesting to see if people do start running quicker when they, when they come out. And if they've done things right, then they should be. Um, and I think there's going to be just a little bit more adrenaline excitement in the legs when you get out to to do a run. So yeah. Oh yeah, you'll be so yeah, you'll be so excited. To do yeah, it. yeah. No, it'd be great. It'd be great. There'd be so many smiley runners out there. The next time we all get to uh, turn up to a major again, mate. Oh um, yeah, even just the small, even the small ones like people t- turning up and being able to go down and do an in the club or do a park oh, yeah. run or something like That's that. It. That'll be. That's it. A fun run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Well, we had a half marathon here last weekend. Uh, it was blowy conditions, but yeah, it was just awesome just to um, lace up again and work the bib on and, and, and have a run. And it was just so much more enjoyable. You, you know, you, you try not to take it for granted, but you certainly started to look around and thought, how good is this again? It's, yeah, um, the, the, <clears throat> the, the, cha- the challenge is that you have all the restrictions and, the, uh, and things like that that you need to make to make them safe is that everyone's so itching to race mm. that a, an event that might normally have 200 people mm. could have 2,000 people enter it mm. because they're just itching to get out, mm. um, which is great for the event but hard for um, safety. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, mate, for sure. Mate, Jeff, it's been awesome. Thanks for sharing your Saturday afternoon with us. Um, been a guest on the Running Guy podcast. It has been, has been an afternoon, hasn't it? It has, mate. It's 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 you, you've topped the record, mate. Um, my last my last interview with Martin was a, was you know two fifteen two twenty, and you just destroyed that. So uh, no, but it's been fantastic, mate. Um, you certainly had an incredible uh, successful career as a distance runner. Um, obviously making it to the pinnacle that uh, everyone dreams about, competing in the Olympics, world champs. Still a holder of that faster debut marathon, mate. Um, hopefully for, for, well, I guess hopefully for you for a while because it's good to own it. But for as far as distance running and marathon running goes, it'd probably be good if someone takes it because it means that uh, we're moving quicker for the young fellas. But, um, mate, all, all the yeah. best with your, with your love of cycling uh, for, that, you're, that you're heavily into now. Um, mate, stay safe, stay healthy. And um, thanks again, mate. Really appreciate your time today. No, not a problem. I've uh, enjoyed it. Um, there'll be people potentially that listen to this or won't be surprised that the chat's gone on for so long because I know how to talk. Yeah. Um, I like okay. I like to entertain. I like to story tell. Um, you know, uh, and it's good. So yeah, uh, I'm always ha- I'm always happy to to have a conversation um, and provide insights. Like I'm just a, just a normal person. I just I uh, right place, right time, right genetics, right you know, whatever, um, and, you know, you don't have to be special you know, if you're dedicated and, and they can, you know, get some insights out of my experiences and how to apply it. I just, I took it as it come and um, didn't overthink things and, um, yeah, I, there's errors that I made um, which we didn't really touch on, you know, the one percenters like you're talking about, I wasn't as dedicated as I could have been. But look, you can work full time and you can run fast. So yeah. don't think you have to be pro athlete. And I say that quote, quote, you know, holding up the quote symbols. Um, so yeah, um, happy to do this anytime. Um, this is great. Um, so I hope your listeners got a lot out of it. And uh, if not, they've developed a very good habit of patience. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, it's uh that, that they really do get a lot out of it. Um, you know, it's 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 good talking to you elites and and uh, just hearing more 
about what actually happens around the races. And yeah, like I said, we probably, probably could have gone more in, in into uh, into your, your training and all those little things that, that um, went wrong. But you know, maybe uh, maybe we can do, um, we can do you know a number two uh, in, in the future, and um, we can touch yeah. more on that on on that stuff because I, I know. I know uh, the listeners like to hear hear about that stuff as well, but um, no, it's been it's been fantastic, Jeff. Yeah, thanks for thanks for giving me the opportunity. Mm-hmm.